Reach for the sky, boy. Hey, how are you guys doing? It's Dane Alves. If I did a terrible rendition of that, that was supposed to be Sami Zayn's theme. Uh, apologies uh, right up front, especially if you're a new listener, but uh, you're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, here at Wrestling Geeks Alliance, we talk about the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and break down all the stuff from last week. We preview shows coming out, and we're just going to have a, a, a fun little show and talk a little bit about a thing called the elimination chamber 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 so strap in because we got a doozy of a show for you i could not do the show by myself joining me my co-host christopher brother ray Patton. how you doing sir i'm doing wonderful man I, you're singing that song and i was just like ole 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 <laughs> uh, wrestling has been fun this week we had some really good stuff and some not so good stuff we got multiple pay-per-views to talk about all sorts of cool shit but uh i've been doing good this week buddy how about you how's your week going doing good you know busy work week but watched some wrestling uh i saw a movie last night uh ant-man the wasp uh quantum mania uh with some friendos and uh yeah just just been enjoying uh some wrestling and some parks and rec i'm on the last season so just, uh, you know, just how, chilling. How was Ant-Man in the Wasp? Was that a good fit flick? Is it something I should check out when it eventually shows up on like Disney plus? Yes. When it comes to that situation, I, I believe it is right now. And I know like some people will be like, well, critics don't matter. Or maybe they don't understand. And they don't to an extent, especially certain ones that obviously have a certain, um, thought process on film you know i i I really think it's unbeneficial for certain critics that don't like maybe say horror films to go see a horror film and then critique it but uh, a lot of people don't understand rotten tomatoes an aggregator i always try to like say that before i talk about the website meaning that it just takes all the reviews from all the major outlets and people uh and just kind of gets a percentage so they it's not like they employ a bunch of different critics like a lot of people think but uh, mainly, the reason why I'm saying this, this beat uh, the Eternals and also Thor uh, Love and Thunder as the worst-rated MCU film. Um, had a 45, I think, the last time I checked it, over 230 critics. And I was very flabbergasted by that. I thought Eternals was terrible. I also thought that Love and Thunder was terrible. Weird, they're both in the last phase. <laughs> Anyways, um... I actually had a lot of fun with this movie. Um, it was just a fun film. I thought Adam McKay did a great job. I didn't think the editing was bad. Like I was looking for problems with it, and there weren't that many uh, compared to some of the films in this last phase. You know, I, I had fun, and this was the start of phase six, uh, or phase five, I should say. Wait, wait, yeah, phase five. I, um, so 
I had fun with the band. I think that's definitely something to check out on Disney Plus. Evangeline Lilly, especially Paul Rudd, uh, Michael Douglas, um, you know, the whole cast, Michelle Pfeiffer, and also uh, Jonathan Majors as Kang. Uh, awesome villain. One of my favorite MCU villains now. Kind of getting more established past the Loki show. Both after credit scenes were beneficial and kind of progressed. I'm just, I'm taken back a bit. Uh, usually Marvel films, and a lot of times I don't think they deserve it in a lot of ways. The critics just fucking love it. And I just, I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, I was very surprised that I liked it as much as I did because I tampered my expectations with maybe I should do in a lot of films. Maybe we should all do within a lot of films out there looking at you um snyder fans anyways uh but i had fun with the film i really enjoyed it and it wasn't one of their best most epic films but you know i feel like adam mckay all three ant-man films they're good they were a, a a solid trilogy fun films yeah not to side with the critics a little bit here but do you think some of it is just that they've watched like fucking 30 of these marvel movies at this point No, because maybe maybe to an extent, there's definitely superhero fatigue. But I mean, like I said, besides Love and Thunder and Eternals, which were both recent, I guess you could say, like Shang-Chi did really well. Uh, Black Widow was scored, I'm pretty sure, highly. <clears throat> I think that maybe they I don't know. I really don't understand what negative like usually there's a reason you can see a blatant reason for for a score that low with films because. The editing will be choppy or the pacing will be fucking terrible or it will just go downhill. That didn't happen in this film. So maybe it is a little bit of superhero fatigue. But then again, I, I, I guess it's it's. I guess you should be able to co critique as a critic for anything, anything that you want. I just feel like it would be a little bit more beneficial for them to get people that actually like the genre <laughs> and go critique it uh, you know instead of someone that's kind of going to be biased no matter what which happens with a lot of stuff like superhero films horror movies sci-fi films etc etc yeah uh, i mean i think what you're saying makes sense i I was just curious like because if you didn't find anything blatantly crazy or terrible about it 40 percent is just kind of low in general for one of these types of flicks. I mean, I think you kind of know what you're getting into when you go see one of these Marvel films for the most part anyways. I, I don't know that anyone yep. really... Do, do people actually take those reviews seriously for fucking, like, a Marvel flick or a Fast and the Furious flick? Like, I feel like you know... Oh. Like, if you're a fan of those franchises, you kind of just know what you're getting into in general, right? Like, Yeah, no, I, I think so, too. I think Marvels usually exceed even, you know, Fast and the Furious, but... Um, I guess if you're a, a more of like a movie fan like myself and we're a very small minority, um, you're you're hoping that the film itself is going to be a good piece of cinema. And a lot of it's vindicated with other people that kind of have that same parameter. Now, I know a lot of people would be like, you know, with Rotten Tomatoes. Well, what about the audience score? And once there's been people enough to view it. You know, I definitely take that into account, you know, because like I said, some of those professionals are very stuffy or in their ways. So it's like, why are you even fucking rating this? But at the same time, 
you can go and be a user on Rotten Tomatoes and start pumping up the score. And I think it was at like an 85 from the audience that apparently saw it within a day. So might have been a little bit of bullshit on their end. So there's all that. Basically with film in general, if you want to get perspective, don't let it hinder you or get you discouraged. You know, just use it as a as a way to kind of lower your expectations or maybe heighten your expectations. But don't take a lot of that stuff seriously. Go make your own opinion as a moviegoer. I don't know if I'm the minority of this, but I just don't care about the character Ant-Man that much. I like Paul Rudd a lot, and I think that's the only no. reason I've enjoyed Ant-Man is because of Paul no, Rudd. You're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's an IP that gets sold because it's Paul Rudd, not because it's Ant-Man. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'll probably check it out. I mean, like I said, I like Paul Rudd, so it it won't be. I'm sure it'll be at least there'll be funny, good Paul Rudd moments. I do like the fucking non-alcoholic Heineken commercials that were shown here <laughs> with him talking to the ants. Fuck non-alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> well, they didn't want him, you know, being a superhero and drinking, I guess, on the, <laughs> while trying to do a crossover for non-alcoholic beer. Thank but God ants- Tony's dead in the MCU because that would be the worst person to do it with. Uh, yeah, <sighs> the, the the ants carrying off the single his last bottle of uh, Heineken non-alcoholic beer was pretty fucking funny. Almost as funny as Bill Goldberg uh, talking shit about Rihanna's Super Bowl performance. Oh, the Super Smash Brothers stage thing? Yeah. Well, just Bill Fuck Gates. Goldberg. I mean, Goldberg calling out anyone on any type of performance is fucking laughable after that match with The Undertaker. I'm just, <laughs> just being you honest. Know, I, I just got to say, like, can we just get to a point? If This is usually, like, our generation, I feel like, and probably a lot of the Gen Xers, like, I like Rihanna. I've been listening to her, not listening to her, but hearing her music for years. Like, why is it such an insult? Like, I mean, I thought it was a good performance. I do miss the days where, like, they could do the Foo Fighters next year. Like, something that matches or get Wu-Tang Clan back together. Like, a little more, you know, getting it hype. But I I, I don't know. I've, I've gotten to a point in my life where I can admit that I like stuff that, for the longest time, you you couldn't really admit that you liked, you know, besides Rihanna, like NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys or uh, dare I say Limp Biscuit, you know, like, like, who cares? Why do we have to be cool? Like, She's catchy. She did like a little bit of all of her songs. She was pregnant, which was awesome. And it was a big ass stage. I don't even give a fuck about the Super Bowl, honestly. So. Well, a lot of people agreed with you because 118 million people watched the Super Bowl halftime show, and the average score of the Super Bowl was like 112 million people, which is still a fuck ton of people. Obviously, there was a massive increase just to watch Rihanna because there was a major drop off after that. So, like, if you look at it like quarter by quarter, like we do with wrestling, um, there was a lot of people that obviously did like it and appreciate it. Uh, but when you have 118 million people viewing something at the same time, you're going to get a lot of crotchety old white ass opinions, I guess. It's the hey, Goldberg just happened to be one of them. Um, but it's just fucking weird, man. It's like, okay, well, I, I don't know what you were expecting. She's a pop star doing the Super Bowl. It's going to be dancers and her doing hit songs. That's going to be kind of the fucking thing. Um, did you, did you get the uh, picture that I sent you of uh what was it? Undertaker tossing uh, mankind off of it? Yeah. Super Smash Brothers stage? Yeah. That's, I, I was, you know, 
I was actually impressed that they have people dancing on those fucking platforms. Because if you asked me to do that, I'd be like, <laughs> go fuck yourself. Um, that was that was kind of nuts. I mean, it was What's... fun. It, it is what it was. I, I was, you know, the only thing that I would say is I wanted like the Royal Rumble surprise. Just doing all these hits that have all these big rappers on it, like your Drakes and Jay Zs and you know. Kanye's of the world. I thought, like, you know, she has Monster with M. I thought we'd get like one surprise appearance, but like, uh, none. So, like, if I had no. one. Riri handled it herself, you know? Child in tow. Uh, <laughs> she's been spinning out children in the last, like, what, five years, but God bless her. She's gorgeous and hell of an artist. I think. I've always liked, like, because I, I liked SM. I used to. <laughs> Actually, I got caught by people in the uh, car next to me one time just jamming out to the chorus of SNM, like, my baby, you know, just like screaming at the top of my lungs. And I looked over and there was like two young girls and they were laughing at me. And I'm like, oh, man. But shit happens. Fucking. It's, uh, you know, when you go back and look. Or Disturbia. It's a great song. Disturbia. Uh, if you go back and look at some of the worst like Super Bowl shows. I mean, they've had shit like singing magicians before, so I don't know. Come <laughs> the fuck down, I guess. It's, but yeah, it was fine. I don't know. There was a lot of funny commercials. I like this Bud Light uh, Cisco phone system hold music commercial. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was good. I liked seeing Ben Affleck working at Dunkies over in Boston and J Lo catching him working at that. That was pretty funny. Uh, there was there was some some good there were some sad dog commercials there's like at least one one a year uh yep <laughs> that was it man that was my flash flashing guards of the galaxies trailer both looked amazing yeah the flash uh the flash trailer i'm that it's, it's got fucking michael key in it so everyone lost their minds for that i don't know i mean i'm gonna give it the benefit of a doubt but uh i don't know how excited i am for that flick well, I don't blame you. They got a lot of problems going into it. Ezra Miller's not going to even be a part of, I think, the uh, the fucking press tour. I'm sure they're just taking the Batman. Like, oh, we're just going to have Ben and Michael. You can just chill at home, Ezra. You know, get your shit together. Fucking idiot. So, but the movie looks cool. And Guardians, it's definitely, you can tell that this is the guy that's about to run DC. This is his last movie. And most of those stars aren't coming back. So, Kind of expecting Batista to eat it, and uh, maybe Chris Pratt and a couple of the other ones. So, um, and Indiana Jones, that was a fun one. See, I care more about the commercials and the, and the halftime show. Who was the fucking quarterback that got the championship belt, and he's been rocking it everywhere, including the uh, the party in Kansas City, and uh, he got caught wearing it over his shoulder, just like around. You know, I, I forgot what his name is. It'd be Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City. Yes. In a very controversial finish, to say the least, because of a slight holding, slight holding penalty. Honestly, I was like, who gives a shit? Both these teams suck. Eat it. Go Jets. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, yeah, it was a very disappointing ending to what was a really good fucking game, which is always not what you want to see if you're a fan of neither team watching the Super Bowl. But, hey, fuck that. We got hockey. It's all that matters. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't even watch it, so I'm happy for you that um, the game w was good until the controversial ending that I heard about. But you know, Patrick Mahomes wearing that damn WWE title, holding up the uh, the trophy afterwards. So he was, ha you know, celebrity not celebrities. Uh, athletes love those. They love getting those damn belts. 
from the I WWE. Actually, uh, I actually surprised that they didn't do more um, just because the Super Bowl was on Fox. Like there wasn't more mention of like Elimination Chamber, their big pay-per-view coming up and Cody Rhodes and Roman and Seth. Like I was point. surprised that they didn't shell out the like six million dollars it costs for 30 seconds which in this case because fox owns the property i guess it would have been as big a deal but yeah i saw more daytona 500 stuff than i did elimination chamber previews which uh or smackdown previews which was i wonder i wonder if that says something about the audience still being there for nascar compared to wwe you know NASCAR's ratings have kind of fell off a cliff from their height. I mean, it, at one point it was the, you know, the biggest spectator sport, like uh, probably when we were in middle school and high school. And uh, with all the changes they've made over the years and losing key personalities like Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon and Rusty Wallace and all those guys from like my childhood, uh, their ratings are like below SmackDown's like on a week to week basis. So I, I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe that I, I, the, the Daytona 500 is going to be the biggest race they have all year. So I guess it makes sense. I, I'm just surprised that Fox wouldn't be pumping their own shit. You know, like they have SmackDown every week. The Daytona 500 happens once a week or once a year. Sorry, not once a week. So you would think you would be promoting the fact that like Sammy's coming back to Montreal <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, with 118 million people watching, that would have been a, a good time to do that. Well, it didn't happen, but still happening this weekend, you know, or actually tonight, Chris, we're going to have this pay-per-view elimination chamber looking forward to talking about today. But uh think uh, maybe we should pay our respects because unfortunately we lost another professional wrestling legend. Uh, this last week, uh, this one being Jerry Jarrett. Uh, Jerry Jarrett, the amazing promoter, booker, uh, pro wrestler. I'm pretty sure from what I remember since, you know, he worked underneath his mother for the promotion um, beforehand, uh, Christine Jarrett, who, you know, that the Tennessee promotion was much smaller. She was running the gate, the whole entire company herself. I, I believe from what Jim Cornette said, the first female promoter before uh, The Rock's grandmother. So very impressive. Uh, but Jerry learned from her, and he was actually more of a booker before he even was a wrestler. And uh, the major things that he did was form, you know, wrestling organizations. Uh, he was a great wrestler in the ring, a great babyface when he first hit the scene as a wrestler. Uh, he caught the audience, and he kind of talked about him having this this uh, amazing trainer uh, that ended up helping him. And when he presented it, it was a heel uh, for for Tennessee, uh, Tojo Yamamoto, who had been a big heel the last previous decade. Uh, it was actually a babyface term because Jerry, you know, got the audience to that level as a babyface. They became a big tag team. And he had a great career within wrestling. But like I said, his more mainstay was uh, promoting. And he started Continental Wrestling, which is probably one of the biggest ones that everyone talks about, or the, the Continental Wrestling Association, the CWA, uh, in which Jerry Lawler would first become a huge wrestler there uh, and then start booking it with him. 
And then, you know, Bill Dundee would come from Australia. Uh, they just had a huge wrestling organization. And they were kind of technically one of the smaller ones compared to other, you know, organizations throughout Texas and, and whatnot. But they still had the popularity and they had the viewership of Tennessee and the Kentucky and, uh, you know, would end up doing stuff with uh, Macho Man's father, Lenny Poffo, or not Lenny Poffo and Macho Man's father, Angelo Poffo's. Uh, more, um, you know, outlaw organization and kind of expanding talent that way, you know, besides Macho Man Randy Savage, you know, first kind of showing people Adrian Street, uh, Bobby Eaton, uh, a lot of great wrestlers, you know, obviously Jim Cornette and uh, Jimmy Hart, both as managers. And I was talking to you kind of like their thing. WCCW is is also known for this. and it's fitting that they merged with them eventually and, and, and the AWA. Um, but it was their style of, of storylines and you guys can watch the, uh, tales from the territories. They kind of really brought realism. And sometimes it was actually within what was going on, kind of like how Vince would like to poke the bear. If two people were in a situation, uh, and also in a storyline together to make it much more aggressive and real and realistic, uh, that kind of happened there before a lot of stuff and jerry was a huge wrestler terry funk would come into the picture um people went in and out of continental and uh right before it ended like i said jerry lawler would become the champion of not only continental but of uh, but also wccw and uh the awa and they turned them into the uswa the united states uh, wrestling association and that went from 89 to 1997. The thing that Jerry would keep on bouncing back and forth, uh, where we found The Rock first when he came on the scene. Actually, more so as The Rock than we would see with Rocky Maivia. I forgot what the name of his character was, but, um, you know, and that would go on. And then there was a break and a lull. And then him and his son, you know, bought TNA uh, and also the NWA at that time and turned it for what the start of that was. So he kept himself relevant. A lot of people don't even know that Jerry was working for the WWE during the steroids trial. Jerry was going to be actually the one in charge of WWE, not, 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 not technically ownership, but in charge of the company uh, going forward. If Vince went down, he was the pick for that uh, really great businessman understood the wrestling industry and just a very accomplished uh, person and legend. And uh, I think he was 80 years old when he passed away. But, Chris, you know, we lost another legend. Uh, it's almost – it's crazy that we were talking about Jerry Lawler, his longtime partner, you know, and him getting over his stroke, thank God. And then, unfortunately, Jeff Jarrett lost his father this last week. It's uh, kind of weird in retrospect. Uh, absolutely legendary promoter and booker and obviously did a lot for wrestling. Some of the stuff with, with Jerry Lawler and, the, and that territory in specific is kind of some of the first brawls and, and hardcore style matches in America. If you really think about it, I mean, you had your Texas death matches, I guess, but like uh, the overall style and fit is kind of a predecessor to ECW in some ways. And in yep. some of what, would see at least in american wrestling i mean some of the stuff was obviously going on in japan but um 
uh, definitely an innovator. But if Continental met- influenced Japan. They influenced uh, what's his name? Um, oh, uh, fuck. Onita. Onita, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I said fucking not Sonata. Onita, sorry. Uh, yeah, that would. I mean, that that make that checks out. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, like. Could you imagine what the wrestling landscape in general would have been like if if Jerry Jarrett would have had to take over in 92 for WWF? I'm assuming that that company would have looked a lot different. A lot of the people during that steroid trial, some of their biggest stars who were doing steroids at the time, probably would have went by the wayside like we did see with Vince. But you would have gotten instead of more of the comedic error and like ultra gimmick over the top everyone has an occupation uh you would have had more of a southern style wrestling in wwf that would have been a very interesting to see like what kind of stuff he would have done with say like a Shawn michaels or a bret hart and uh i, mean, I could easily see that bret, bret hart would probably <laughs> have been champion a lot sooner and probably had longer runs uh just based on how jerry jarrett liked to book wrestlers Obviously, Jeff Jarrett probably would have had a much better run in WWF. Um, but yeah, le- legendary. Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler. There's a uh, that would have been insane. It's just crazy to think about. Like, does WCW even get big if Jerry Jarrett's uh, has taken over WWF? Do they get to more of a realistic attitude, not attitude error, but a more realistic storytelling and better booking type stuff than Vince did? You know, it took Vince quite a while. Uh, you know, does Cactus Jack come in sooner? What does he do with Vader? There's lots of questions. It's really fun to think about, like, what that would have looked like with Jerry Jarrett there. But obviously, a legendary promoter affected the lives of so many people. Some of my favorite matches come from his booking and, and territories over the years. I didn't get enough time to do a full amount of research to give, like, a top 10 matches or a top five. At just pretty much go to the WWE network and look at anything involving Lawler and funk or, uh, I guess, you know, he brought in Kaufman, right? Him and Lawler brought in Kaufman. That was part of the, st- I mean, there's tons of good shit out there to watch. It's just crazy how long this guy ran a wrestling company, some form or fashion throughout his life. Cause he, you know, was the original owner of TNA before they sold it to Dixie Carter. Um, so you're talking what he started in the late sixties, all the way up until like 2004, 2005. Yep. So it's, uh, it's insane and, and, and definitely a tragic loss. And, and one of the last territory bookers we have left. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to come up with a list yesterday. I, I mean, you can include Lawler there. Uh, Terry and Dory out in Texas. Amarillo, yeah. And then Vince, right? Vince, yeah, Vince to some extent. And then I guess, you know, the only other one I can think of that's still alive is Ron Fuller. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Brian Last kind of just put it out there as he's the, what the, he, I think I'm trying to remember the way he worded it. He was like, he was the, he's the last of the, the, ter- the, the death of the territories kind of lied with the, uh, Jerry, Jerry Jarrett, I would say Lawler included, but after he said that, I was like, well, now that I'm thinking about it, how many promoters are actually 
from you know the height of the territory days are still out there those that's the names that i came up with which is kind of crazy yeah dude it's crazy that's that era is officially really starting to end but great promoter um here on wrestling geeks lines we do a 10 second salute to the passing of a either wrestling mind worker promoter booker um with jerry's case he's all of them so we'll give 10 seconds for jerry and also 10 seconds for jeff too uh big ups on jeff jarrett for wrestling the night after his dad passed uh that that couldn't have been easy especially i'm sure he was all into i'm sure that it was very effective for him with what happened to lawler the week previous so losing your dad the next week that's that's a lot so anyways thank you jerry for all your contributions Here's 10 seconds for you. All right. Let's get back into this. All right. There's some wrestling that happened, I believe. But before we talk about that, hey, uh, Chris, I have an idea. All right. All right. So. I have something that's worth $6, but I want you to pay me $9 for it. Okay. What is it? (laughs) I don't know, but Vince has a whole entire giant company called the WWF. Came back to the company to work on a sale of it. We know everyone from Saudi Arabia to the cons to Disney through ESPN through you know, uh, Apple through obviously NBC Universal and Fox, everyone is thinking about it. And Vince decided, even though his company is only own or only worth, <laughs> only worth, only worth $6.6 billion that he wants nine. Now I'm sure that this is like a negotiating tactic and maybe I don't know all the information, but if I'm about to make, some giggles on that concept itself and it relating to, of course, Vince fucking McMahon. Uh, let's, let's go for it. How the fuck, how, how, how's he justifying this? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that there's lots of financial minds that are above us on this, that have figured out this valuation of the company using inflation and what future TV deals might look like and have came up with, $9 billion. I look at it more realistic. WWE made $1.3 billion last year, which means realistically it would take you $7 million to break even on your initial investment if wrestling's popularity stays exactly the same. Um, and there isn't any huge crash in our stock market or a war or <laughs> there's a lot of unknowns that could affect that at value. It's also... What's, it's more than what UFC sold for just a few years ago. Was that like that was in 2016 UFC sold? And I think that was for like four or five billion dollars. Which I knew Vince had said openly if he did sell the company, he wanted to sell it for more than UFC. So that might be a part of it. But uh, yeah, fucking crazy astronomical number. It almost makes it seem like Vince McMahon doesn't really want to sell the company. Or at least not in the immediate future. I'll be shocked if he's able, the idea would be able to get that deal done 
after Mania. I don't I don't know, man. No, it's 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 amazing. I'm trying to find out. So I'm doing calculations in my head. I, I believe that Disney ended up buying out Lucasfilm for three point five four billion dollars. Uh, they bought Marvel for three. I want to say 20th Century Fox was maybe eight billion, and I thought that was fucking high. Nine billion dollars. I can't believe that they can even talk in that. Like that's amazing to me. Uh, yeah. the, 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 oh no, I, I have the one thing they have going for them is they're some of the last live TV. You know, some of the last original content that actually goes to TV. So if you're like an NBC or a local area network channel like a Fox, uh, you always have the ability to have some sort of programming on your fucking dying breed of normal ass TV. Which is, I mean, we just saw this with some of the TV deals for the NHL and uh, Major League Baseball, et cetera. Like, people are paying a lot of money for sports-related television, whether garnered or not. I mean, that WWE television contract is fucking ridiculous. And I would expect that, you know, the new AEW television contract isn't, it's not going to be as ridiculous as WWE's, but it'll be very similar. Um, it'll it'll be less just because of the ratings, but it it people are paying for that live content because that you know the majority of shit that gets actually watched on regular ass TV at this point is the news, sports, reality shows, and wrestling, and that's kind of it. So I, maybe that's how they're making their fucking projections. I have no idea. And the fact that WWE is already established on a streaming network and has if you include every video library they own 60 years of content even if you tried i think it would take it would take our entire lives to watch everything on the wwe network if we did we just watched eight hours of wrestling a day you know what i mean so there's a lot there but it's also i you know you're making a projection you're making a projection of it being worth you know, $3 billion more than what it's currently worth. And that's based on, I guess, the current state, the current popularity um, of WWE, which it is on the rise. But we'd, we're, we're not going to know what that looks like when if Sammy loses tonight at Elimination Chamber and what it's going to look like with Cody and, and the bloodline storyline starting to fizzle out. Like the popularity right now, is mostly geared towards SmackDown and the Bloodline storyline, which is going to be coming to an end by WrestleMania, at least to some extent, just because they're breaking up what was their biggest storyline with Roman being their champion. Yeah, uh, just that's a lot of cash. Uh, I was wrong, actually, about 20th Century Fox. Uh, Disney bought that for $71 billion. Holy fuck. And remember, that does not include the news network. Uh, that they're, they're by themselves now. Or news and sports. That that was just their fucking movie library. So, god damn, dude. That's a lot of money. It is, but they can license those movies everywhere, right? To Tubi, to, Plu- to Pluto, to Netflix, to fucking their own shit, to... Well, they also also that was smart because Fox, them and Fox owned pretty much a majority of Hulu with them buying uh, Disney. Now they own Hulu. 
So they 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 uh, definitely Disney's got a lot of fucking money, man. Really wouldn't be crazy to me if ESPN ends up buying out WWE through Disney. Yeah. Uh, fucking Disney in dollars from a man who just wanted to create animated films in a, a park for kids to go originally in the what late the thirties becoming what like like disney is now is insane to think about like walt disney and the disney corporation headed through michael eisner is some of the most interesting shit the twist and turns of that company in relation to what it currently is now um yep yeah i don't know man nine billion dollars i can't even comprehend that i think someone uh my friend south put out there that that means that you could buy like 2000 WCWs at the price WCW sold. <laughs> oh, 2000. <laughs> so if you put it in that context, <laughs> like think of Ring of Honor in its entire library sold for $4 million. Now, granted, you're also buying these TV contracts that WWE basically have locked up and the Saudi deals that they have locked up. So you know that there's built-in revenue there, <laughs> but when you put it in context of as a, a wrestling company, it just shows you how fucking big WWE actually is, the machine that is WWE. It's an, it's it's crazy, man. Oh, wow. Well, we'll see if Vince gets what he wants for it. I'm sure that will get tampered. Maybe this is, like I said, a negotiating tactic. Or maybe, like you said, maybe Vince doesn't want to sell. But we'll all find out fairly soon this is definitely ramping it up a lot of buyers interested so we'll see what happens with the wwe uh let's talk about some interesting stuff involving mr Uh, kenny omega it was brought to the attention that technically and you know this is not including the fact i don't know if it works different with vps um i'm sure dave has all this information I don't know if this works differently with VI or VPs, but usually there is another year option once wrestlers sign contracts. Well, he signed his contract in 2019 for a four-year deal. Uh, they had him, I think, rene- renegotiate throughout the course of his current contract at the time uh, when they were first starting up. Uh, and that's coming. Obviously, it's now February 2023. So just interesting on the perspective of technically he's done with his contract. And we also know that technically I don't, I don't know the month, but I do know the young bucks were also might've had, you know, an extension based on that uh, for another year uh, in their negotiations, but their, their contracts are up this year. So they are obviously the triple tag team champions. Uh, They beat, I don't even want to get into the fucking match because basketball, but, uh, they did beat AR Fox um, and uh, I forgot the top flight last night. And now they look like they're about to have a feud finally with, uh, you know, Malachi Black's group. So it's that's all interesting. I doubt they're going anywhere. But still, Chris, Kenny Omega, technically, this is this should be as far as his contract, not talking about extensions, not talking about anything. This should be it. Yeah, I mean, I just someone told me that the other day, and I was pretty sure that I heard that they had a one-year option on his contract. 
That's... And that he also had a separate contract for the video game related stuff. So I, I don't know what rumor to believe on that. So that from what from what FIFO Select says, Chris, they can definitely renegotiate that they might have already negotiated based on the time that he was out, uh, keeping him longer based on that. And there's, there could also be a one-year extension in his contract. Just technically, he signed four years ago this month. But yeah, I just read that. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, I, I would assume that... I mean, if you're Tony Khan, you don't want this motherfucker showing up at WrestleMania after Cody wins the title. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> fucking crazy. Especially if the Bucks were up soon, too. Imagine yeah. if the Elite jumped on fucking, that would be crazy as hell. And I mean, I think I figured something out. They haven't paid off, uh, haven't paid off CM Punk yet. And he's got two months left with his injury and then he'll be fucking back. So... <laughs> Maybe that is the uh, the cross to bear a little bit for Tony Khan. Having the gear options nice though, because he, I mean, he can just tack that onto their contracts even if they want to leave. I don't know that you would necessarily want to do that because he hasn't. I mean, he could have done that with Cody technically and didn't, right? Because Cody's contract. Yeah, I. I think you just like get drunk with TK and you and you and you just like pretend to cry a lot and then he cries and then you both hug each other and the next day he's like, all right, man, just go, you're good. I mean, kidding, if, you're, if you're if you're the Bucks and Kenny Omega, and not gonna say like WWE didn't have as much interest in Cody Rhodes uh, when his New Japan contract was up as they did like the Bucks, uh, the Elite in general, because the idea was like there's a there was a huge possibility that they might sign before AEW started, right? With WWE after that contract, you know, Kenny and the Bucks contract ended, like to the point where there was conversations that they might show up at mania that year. Right. Yep. They chose to go start their own company. Do any of those guys want to admit like failure and go work for WWE? I don't know, man. Like you said, they show up after Cody beats Roman, come down to the ring. You don't know what's going on. And they all get together and they officially on raw tell everyone they're called the VPs. And, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. I mean, at that point, they're the fucking <laughs> – the club is in full force at that point, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, you, if, if Jay goes there, you have literally every leader of the Bullet Club that really matters and a good chunk of, like, the bigger members uh, also there with the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. So, if – hey, hey, guys, if that were to happen, everyone a part of the uh, the uh, the Bullet Club thing and people put a picture of, like, all those members on there – you can't say that's not really Bullet Club, because I can't stand that shit. Whenever, whenever we're like, oh, that's not really Bullet Club. That's Finn Balor and 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 AJ Styles and I'm like, oh, okay, the original members. You guys are worried about like who? Fucking. <laughs> I mean, if if you get Kenny the Bucks and Jay White, that's the fucking Bullet Club at that point. There's more members there than there are in Japan. <laughs> yeah. At some point. So that just that AJ just... Finn Balor. Come on, give me a fucking break. Uh, but. I, I don't see it happening. I think Tony will just pay them. Yeah. He'll match whatever they get offered. I'm not going to say WWE is not going to offer them a contract because they'd be stupid not to offer them a contract. Uh, Absolutely. Kenny probably will have like, so if he has a year option and they take it, which I don't know why he wouldn't. And then they're also talking about tacking on time. That's almost, uh, what a year and, and 
six months. That's like a year and a half that he's got to fucking do then. I wonder if their contracts allow them to tack on time, though, because they build in a year option. Or if there's differences because these guys are VIPs or VIPs, VPs. Like, I don't know if there's a difference in the contract negotiations as well. It's it's very interesting, though. Yeah, because I mean, it would be amazing to see maybe a former pissed off wrestler who got fired from that company, like a Joe Janela or someone, release what those contracts actually looked like. Um, I need someone I, disgruntled. Yeah, I, I I love like stuff in sports, like cap friendly, for instance, in the NHL. I know every single thing about a player's contract, what their average a year is. I wish there was something like that for wrestling. I think fans would be super into it. It would make the wrestling landscape more exciting when you start having these contract things. Instead, it's just all kind of like innuendo and rumor and people releasing their own <laughs> kind of releasing their own numbers and when their contract's going to be up to leverage these two companies against each other uh, as far as like the, the, the race of what talent's going to be bought. But uh, it, with, with Kenny, it's even, it's even crazier because he was like the head of what, like he was ahead on the video game. So technically he never mm-hmm. stopped working for AEW even when he was injured. Which so just got delayed again, by the way, everyone. Yeah, that's just video games in general in the modern era. At least I'll have my new 2K next month. I was hoping to play these things back to back, but hey, finish it and make it um, make it workable. Worry about the game. I, I, I can wait if that has to be it. But yeah, Kenny's involved in a lot of stuff in there, and he's honestly one of their biggest stars, especially for being, like I said, kind of the 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 sting or or. Ric Flair or AJ Styles of his era in the sense of being the guy that's built up this popularity by himself that's not been in, you know, New York, if that makes sense, with WWE. Um, so, I mean, I actually wonder if Kenny, if anyone was going to leave, I think Kenny would probably make the most sense. Yeah, because he can relax his style because he definitely has to preserve his body. It's something else for him to try to get the WWE belt. You know, he he has a lot. I think it's going to definitely be make or break it when, when it comes to him telling stories, you know, just from promos. Not saying he's not a bad promo, but for WWE. But then all the high-profile matches, he can finally go against AJ because he wants to. He can finally go against Seth. Him and Cody can re-up something. There's just – there's more options. I mean – other than that, selfishly, I'd love him just to go back to Japan. Right, but yeah, they're not going to come anywhere near what he's making in AEW, no. what he would make in WWF, so or WWE, sorry. Um, so I, yeah, that would. Well, that's the other thing is, does he want to finish? You know, I would. He's going to have more of an opportunity to finish out whatever he wants and especially with the impending sale of WWE, and it may not be under the same ownership or management soon in theory uh, you know kenny i would assume would want to go back to new japan and finish out that you know one more match against okada and finish out what he's been doing with will osprey and it just seems like he's he's going to stay but if anyone was going to leave i mean i don't know that wwe cares that much about the bucks actually i don't know that anyone cares that much about the bucks once you remove kenny omega from the equation and also for the Bucks case, uh, Chris, I don't know. Even the, even though Triple H is, you know, in charge, 
the tag stuff there is just not as good as a lot of the stuff outside of WWE and it being treated. Now, who knows? FTR goes over there. They already have the Usos. They're, they've built a better tag division and built up a lot of the tag teams. Maybe it would start changing if, if the Bucks go over there. But as of right now, would the Bucks want to go to the WWE? Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily if I was the Bucks. I mean, I yeah. think they're they're all going to stay. I, I just don't see them leaving unless someone throws like an astronomical fucking number at them. Freddie Prince Jr. is. He's going to throw a lot of money at them. Him and EC3 are, are starting on a new thing. <laughs> so uh, with Kenny, I mean, do you ask for more money than Koki? WWE does come calling. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just, I mean, Kenny Omega is <laughs> a deal. You know, that would, that would be kind of, I'm not going to say the final nail in the AEW coffin, but if fucking Kenny Omega leaves, that would be a huge, huge hit to AEW. And it just sucks because they're fucking wasting him in this trio shit that no one cares about. Yeah, I care more about what's going to happen with his U.S. title than I do with his fucking trio titles. That's for damn sure. Um, because it's the New Japan U.S. title. <laughs> yeah, uh, and stuff is like, well, I can't say not necessarily their fault, but I mean, some of it does play into the punk and the suspension and you yeah. know, they, them putting it off and then a bunch of tag teams and that landscape changing. But uh, there was the possibility of just not fucking doing a trio's title. <laughs> Or yeah. allowing these wrestlers to chase other titles while being trios champions. Not necessarily yeah. just locked together <laughs> for whatever reason. I know Kenny recently had visa issues, so he was out for like a month based on that shit. But um, yeah, this is not been, I, I mean, outside of the seven matches he, they had, the best of seven, which we had seen those matches like a thousand times, this... Uh, I don't know. I was so hyped for Kenny Omega coming back, especially after the Don Callis promo, which made it seem like he was going to get launched into like title matches, like heavyweight title matches. And then they come back and do trio stuff. And it's not like the matches have been bad. I just don't care. And it's actually weakened their tag division with FTR going on a leave uh, and the Bucks tied up in this and Pride and Powerful are no longer a tag team. And they have the Lucha Brothers involved in the trio stuff and house of black involved in this trio stuff. It's like they've split the division and for what once was the best tag division, you look at that tag team battle Royal and yeah. it's just a bunch of fucking guys. <laughs> Some of them randomly put together like Jay lethal and double J. Yeah, man, the mighty have fallen when it comes to the tag team division, because at one time they had, a lot of fucking promise, and and like you said, a lot of it has to do with splitting that, uh, with the with the trios titles because I don't know, and you know I rip on the best friends, but they're not they're they're never in tag team matches. Uh, we and we also have like a lot of situations where there's injuries with like um, uh, what's uh, party? What the heck's the name of that team? That heart that Matt Hardy's always involved with a private party and one of them's injured. He's out. You know, we had a uh, top flight. One of them was injured. Now he's back. And then they put him with AR Fox and other 
Like, it's uh, it's unfortunate. But at least when it comes down to it, the, the way that the Bucks look at it, there's a lot more work rate. And some of it, personally to me, I'm a huge fan of that, that WWE doesn't do. And some of it, like I've expressed, looks indie-rific as fuck. Uh, just too much and a lot of ignoring of the referee, but that's the way the Bucks like it. So I don't know if they'd want to have to not, you know, perform like they can uh, at another place. Who knows? It is a WWE because I hate to say this. It's still like the pinnacle. Like, of course, you can say, oh, I don't want to go the WWE, but there's something I feel like. The Bucks having the tag team titles in their hands that are the WWE, it's just different. We all watched it as kids. You know, it's it's just a mind uh it's it's the big it's the biggest thing that you could accomplish, honestly. Uh in the in the, in the yeah. States. Just just in general having a match at Mania, right? Yep. It's still the it's still the biggest you can get. Um, yep. and if you're someone like Kenny Omega, maybe that's something you do want to do at some point in your career. And I realistically, I don't know that there's a way that they're going to catch fire and catch up to where WWE is at this point, especially with triple H kind of taking over the booking and, and the show being a lot better than it is. And AEW has signed pretty much everyone that they can sign at this point, barring like someone like a John Cena or Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns turning their back on WWE and going over to that. Like there's no one, there is no other big stars that they can go out and sign to the level of where it's going to cause people to stop watching WWE and start watching AEW. So we kind of, to me, I think we kind of have a feel of what they're going to be. I, you know, even if they get hot, I don't know that they break 2 million viewers. I mean, they brought in Punk, right? <laughs> and got above that number like twice. I, I don't know what they can do to, you know, so if you're Kenny Omega and you're the Young Bucks, do you just realize that and move like along? Like, I've already done what I can here. What else can I do? I've, I've, I've done everything in Ring of Honor. Uh, they both have done a lot of stuff in Impact. They've obviously done a lot of stuff in New Japan. Where else can they go to, like, really make a mark? It's WWE. If they want to like, if they care about that, you know. Yeah, and then you know, this we we've talked about this recently. It's like, yeah, AEW may may have better in ring work a lot of times on their shows, but there is not a single fucking storyline in that company right now that I care about. I can't nope. I can't name one. We got. You know, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, which should have been their big feud. Britt Baker's losing constantly. <laughs> and they're technically feuding with the WWE girls, whether they want to call them that or not, who are just painting L's on people. That's their gimmick. Um, fucking, we have Jade Cargill, who's been undefeated but had lackluster matches, and they have no one built to beat her. Your main event is what Jamie Hayter versus Ruby Riot. Headed into this pay-per-view, you got John Moxley, who's no-selling, <laughs> even wanting to have this fucking match against Hangman, because he's like, I beat you clean <laughs> twice. What do you want from me? Uh, let's see, what Didn't other slap by Evil, Evil Uno. Uh, you had your tag, you had one of your most over tag teams just fucking lose 
randomly against the acclaim like the acclaim lose against the guns just to do it i guess hopefully to bring back ftr oh no this is my favorite one chris okay two of the best wrestlers on the planet right now especially mike i would say brian danielson and for like a future prospect mjf what is their storyline what the fuck have they done we got two weeks after this of shows and that's it and i am not invested in a fucking match with Brian Danielson and MJF, one of the best baby faces of all time, one of the best up and coming heels. For the title. Yeah, like MJF with the weird car promo and like uh I don't know. I I think they were going for a Harley race thing where he's paying people off to try to rip Brian Danielson's arm off. They should have just fucking did a carbon copy of that storyline if that's what they were going for. As opposed to the weird shit they've decided to do. And also they do a lot of promo work going forward, man. Yeah. Between I mean, the they, two of them. They got two weeks. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know how much more they're going to be able to do. Um, <laughs> they put Brian Danielson against people that the fans don't want to see lose. So they end up getting cheered more than Brian Danielson. He was supposed to be the baby face in this. Uh, uh, it's. Like I said, they've had a bunch of good matches. I'm not, you know, in-ring quality is still there. They they put on good shows. But, they, you know, it, WWE's clicking on different cylinders with their top-level stories. And, and that, sometimes they get WWE's thrown out really good free matches, too. Like, Triple H knows us. This is more NXT. Not as much as he did in NXT, obviously. And not to the extent of what AEW does, usually. But... When you randomly ha- don't even announce that you're going to have AJ Styles go against Rey Mysterio or you're going to have Seth Rollins versus this other guy he's never gone against, they've been good about doing that and give us, you know, Intercontinental Championship matches with Sheamus and Gunther or Gunther, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're getting better about their matches, too. That's another thing that I don't think people are realizing. Not all the time. Sometimes they make us watch fucking Street Profits versus whoever again for the millionth time and i love the street profits but it's just true but yeah, you know what i'm saying they you know they they're doing both their shows live and it's five hours a week you're gonna have some misses but their top main event stuff the thing that's going to attract eyes to a pay-per-view their top two storylines right uh make fucking sense <laughs> make you invested on wanting to see the main event i don't know that i feel that way about hangman and moxley or MJF and Brian Danielson. Though Brian Danielson and MJF should have one hell of a match, and I'm sure Moxley and uh, and Hangman will bleed all over each other for 30 minutes. But I guess it's just a different style of wrestling. And I, I get, I get, I get that. I do get that. There's, it's two different audiences. But you, we were just talking about Jerry Jarrett. Would Jerry Jarrett book it this way? I mean, I'm sure he would be fine with you know like. Terry and fucking Flair having a great match together or whatever, or Terry and Lawler having a great match together, I should say. But the buildup to that has to mean more. <laughs> he yeah. Has to reason to tune in to, to give a shit about the story. <laughs> like, uh, especially because at this point, a lot of these wrestlers I've already seen have fucking matches. Yeah. And now they're starting to do that, man. And that's crazy. Cause that's the thing that we complained about with WWE. <laughs> is having the same matches over and over again. Oh, God. It's just, it's crazy. I, I, But here's the thing. Me and Chris still love AEW. We wanted to do well. It's just, 
you can't not call out some of these problems and you have a lot of fans that will go down your throat to have almost like how the in movie terms the the Zack Snyder DC fans are like you know they get they get very angry if you if you criticize but you know if I'm going to criticize WWE which I've done a lot I've done a lot you know I've criticized NXT and that was one of my favorites at the time it was out I, you got to be honest and that's stuff they have to get in order and it can't be just like I don't know there's no like it's it feels like Let's see, Chris, you'll understand this this uh, this analogy. When you write a song, there's a very formatted way of writing a song. You kind of know exactly what it's going to be. There's going to be an intro. There's going to be a verse. There's going to be a chorus. There's going to be another verse. There's going to be a chorus. And then you have the potential after that to do a bridge and a chorus or do a bridge and just kind of trail off. Or maybe you want it, Maybe you're Pink Floyd and you add another verse in there for some fucking reason and then do the chorus and the outro. Um. WWE does a very formatted show. I feel like Tony Khan's AEW sometimes is like Oingo Boingo. Like, all right, fuck it. You know, they're more like Pink Floyd. He's just going to have like the intro in the middle and then have this. It's also the way he structures his dynamite sometimes. I'm just like, this is fucking all over the place. Like, I understand the idea of a buffet, but like usually in the buffet, the Italian food are all in one spot. And you get the southern cooking, then you get the Chinese food, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It just it's we've said it for a long time. He needs help, and he has a lot of great minds there. That's 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 all it is. Yeah, and I mean he's gonna be booking all these shows and he's introducing Ring of Honor TV on top of it. Uh it's a lot for one. Which person. by the way, I'm not paying Honor Club ten dollars unless the pay-per-views are included. <laughs> what the fuck yeah. to watch their show once a week and uh well their pay-per-views are what 30 bucks you just tune in and watch the fucking pay-per-views i guess i mean unless they're gonna give me quality matches if it's like on the level of like dark and uh elevation dark elevation rampage level of content i'm definitely not giving them ten dollars i know you get the ring of honor i mean I, I well, I say I'm not going to give them. I guess I'm technically already giving them ten dollars since I bought Ring of Honor Club again to watch a bunch of the Mark Briscoe stuff. I need to go back and cancel that. I guess it, well, I guess I'll check out whatever the fuck they're doing in March and then cancel it. But um, yeah, I don't know if you're just if you're if you don't already have Honor Club and you don't care about the history of Ring of Honor, or going back and watching some of that old shit. Uh, what are you going to do to sell me? Is and, it and back as Ring of Honor? It, like Ring of Honor only? Is that what it is? Is that going to be how they get around not buying this contract out? You know, and, and the thing is with the whole Punk contract and how it's stated that he's injured, but he's still going to have more time. So technically, if Tony wanted to use him, he's obligated to or whatever. I just wish, and maybe it did happen, maybe it didn't happen, that everyone got over their shit behind closed doors, which I heard – that Thunder Rosa, you know, made it a point since she's coming back to do Spanish commentary. She had all the women together and she kind of wanted to air out whatever the fuck was going on with her and Britt and just talk about it. And they had like a little pep talk, which I think is great. So hopefully you, you would think, no, actually, women can do that type of shit most of the time. Men would be able to fucking do that. Uh, I'm just hoping that CM Punk and all of them worked on their shit, said we all fucking got emotional that was stupid. We were all in the bad in some certain way of how we handled it. Why don't we make fucking money and do good television? 
because fuck the trio titles. I would way rather FTR resign CM Punk work out his shit. The Bucks and fucking Omega stay on and have a ridiculous blood feud that could really get some good television if they were to think about that. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm just saying you wish that shit like that could happen. That could really help out AEW a lot. Yeah, I mean, if Kenny Omega and, and Punk can get together in a room and settle their differences, that that's their feud going forward. I think that's the one that... You don't even need a title. Most money, more so than even Brian Danielson versus, you know, Punk. We've already seen MGF versus Punk. We've seen Hangman versus Punk. We've seen Moxley versus Punk. The one we haven't seen is Kenny Omega. And you already have a built-in storyline for it because of, shoot, <laughs> fights backstage or whatever. Um, I mean, that, that would be the money storyline. But uh, also, you could just fucking do Joe versus Punk and throw his ass on Ring of Honor and have that yeah. be the to your show, right? I don't know. His, that his contract is weird. I think that affects the Bucks and Kenny resigning unless they just get one year optioned, which in itself, I don't know how. If they're VPs, you don't necessarily just if they want to leave, you might as well just let them fucking leave because you're gonna create a toxic situation by just fucking hitting them with a one year option if they actually don't want to be there. Um, yeah, that's that's it, also it, another it, good point. AEW's weird, man. Like, I don't know. It, they don't have a top baby face, and that hurts them because, like, MJF could have been that guy, and they just yep. turned him heel and forced him to be a heel without the thought of having a top level baby face. Do you think, Tim? Do you think they're they're trying to do that with Adam Cole? Like Adam Cole's obviously not going to be a part of I don't think the next pay per view, but I feel like they're building him so much as a baby face. They know he's popular. Him and MJF would fucking just kill it back and forth. Do you think that they have that prospect with him? He he's their best option. Right now, I can't think of yeah. it would be bigger unless, you know, like I said, unless you don't want to do punk and MJF again. Right. No. Kenny, I guess. If they drop yeah. the title House of Black, you could do Kenny versus MJF. But I, I, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like they're missing. And even Kenny is like, I don't I think he actually works better as a heel than a baby face, really. So. They're trying to get Jungle Jungle Boy to that level or Darby to that level. So you know who's a natural babyface right now, and uh, I think everyone should kind of watch out, especially if he wants to keep on wrestling. And it looks like that motherfucker is so damn strong of a human being that he will is Mark Briscoe. And he's got everyone's heartstrings. And I would honestly, if you're not going to, maybe not the AEW title right now, but that Ring of Honor World Championship or even the TV Championship that's held by Samoa Joe or the TNT title held by Samoa Joe, I could see Mark Briscoe going for uh, any of them just to build him up more and eventually be a big baby face in the company. Um, and also this year, too, Dustin. I'd love to see Dustin with the Ring of Honor title. I really would. He's a great baby face. He had an awesome match against Strickland last night. So... I don't know, just pull. But Mark Briscoe, man, could be one of your biggest baby faces. The emotional response that he gets from people, just normally, plus the fact of everything that's happened, you know, I don't know. 
yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think there's good storylines you could definitely build around Mark Briscoe. I, mm, I don't know. It, MJF's promos are very, very personal for them to work a lot of times. Yeah. I would uh, rather him go after, like, if him or, or, or Dustin were to call out Claudio, I think that would be cool for the Ring of Honor title. Or maybe if Mark gets it in with Samoa Joe and they have a feud. But I, I think you're right, especially right now. I don't want to see MJF say some fucked up shit. You know, even if Mark approves it or thinks it's a good idea, I don't. Let's not do the Eddie's burning in hell thing. Yeah, yeah. I think we could give it some time to breathe at least, right? <laughs> Get like a year or something, and then if MJF wants to be a but, dick, be a dick. But. Kind of going back to that, though, you know, it's it's very similar in aspects to Rey Mysterio compared to Eddie would be Mark compared to, you know, Jay. But you're talking about right now, babyface, and I'm talking about building up to become one of the biggest, you know, potentially within the next year. So as of right now, I think you're right, though. They don't have they've got Moxley, but it's different. Well, Moxley's supposed to be a fucking heel right now. And then Paige is kind of a heel too. Like I don't even know. Like he's, a, I don't know. There's, there's not like a really good definitive baby face. I think Brian Danielson's who you would expect, but because of their poor storytelling, no one's really caring about him as much. Yeah, um, it's. You can't get Takeshka to go for the fucking title. He's way too new, but he's got a good baby face quality about him. I mean, to me, the the biggest the biggest thing they could actually do babyface wise would be Darby Allen versus MJF, and it would be yeah. a to do it because Darby doesn't look out of place in the ring with MJF. No, uh, but if they fucking do it to Jungle Boy instead, I'm gonna blow my brains out. Ugh. He's got Christian for a while, so hey, let's have him beat Brian Cage. Oh, damn, I'm not gonna fucking... Yeah, this okay. Here, that's another example, right? Samoa Joe just absolutely kills Darby Allen to do his what I thought is a pretty good gimmick. The the, the what is it, the king of TV or whatever. Uh, that's fun. Now Wardlow's coming back and he's like, the reason I cut your hair off, and, and then they're tying this all this story like after the fact into this so that we get to see Wardlow beat Samoa Joe. Does anyone want to see Wardlow beat Samoa Joe? No. So, like, why don't you just throw, like, if you want to bring Wardlow back, wait until after this MJF, Brian Danielson thing, and have Wardlow go after MJF? I don't know. I mean, why why would you have a good... Go to it. (laughs) Why would you have a good promo with JR, where you're really, you know, opening up about stuff... And emotionally and adding some weight to it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you go to 1980s promo looking in the camera. I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Like, that was so fucking weird. Like, I was enjoying up until then. It was like, ah, no, 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 no. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Okay. But I don't know. Maybe we're we're going to go over AEW. We're going to go over Dynamite. So maybe we should talk a little bit about New Japan. Unless you wanted to wrap up anything, buddy. No, I mean we'll get. I, I mean I don't know how much time I want to spend on dynamite outside of what we've already talked. We'll get into it, but yeah, we can we can move on to New Japan. 
All right, so we kind of talked about this last week, but New, New Japan, obviously this is the end of Jay White. Uh, his contract's up. He had a loser leaves Japan match, lost that against Hikaleo, and now he has a loser le- uh, cannot have – if the loser cannot have any matches in New Japan going forward between Eddie Kingston will be tonight in L.A. at the Battle of the Valley pay-per-view. Um, or not in L.A. It's in uh, San Jose, but – California, someplace over there in that giant state. How about that? But uh, this is a big, you know, I, I think we went over all these matches last week. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. Yeah, we did. So we went over all the matches, but, you know, the big matches themselves, I'd say the big three ones that pretty much everyone's looking forward to is the Loser Leaves New Japan match between Eddie Kingston and Jay White for the IWGP Women's Championship. Mercedes Monet is going against Kari. And then Kazuchi Okada going against Hiroshi Tanahashi for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Um, yeah, so I don't... Maybe they swerve us. I think Jay White's done after tonight, man. Uh, one note that I want to say, I want to, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Mercedes go against Kari. I think they'll have a great match, and it's very interesting either way of how they do it. Part of me thinks they're probably going to have uh, the former Sasha Banks pick up the title, but Kari hasn't had it too long. I think they, they developed that title where she won it in the tournament in November of last year. So, you know, it's not that much time riding with it. And also there's a good chance that two of my favorite wrestlers will be wrestling at the same time since Roman is in the main events against Sami Zayn and Okada's in the main event against Tanahashi. And I'm referencing Okada and Roman Reigns, even though I love Tanahashi and uh, Tanahashi and uh, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, yes. But what do you think? Are you are you excited to watch this uh, pay per view? Man, I'm excited for it, but I wish it wasn't like basically happening concurrently with fucking Elimination Chamber. Yep. Because um, I'm gonna watch Elimination Chamber. <laughs> Because that's we talk more about you know WWF or WWE than we do uh, New Japan. Um, but yeah, interesting matches. The Jay White stuff is really interesting. They kind of just built that shit on the radio with Wrestling Observer Live as far as the stip goes. So maybe I, you know I'm leaning towards what you're saying. Where either it's one of two things, right? Jay White's done. Um, or he has signed some sort of deal with AEW where he can also work in Japan. That would be the the two guesses. I mean, that, those are the two companies he would go to, right? Either AEW or WWE. And the way this is laid out is the storyline is that if Jay White Lee loses, he can never work in New Japan again. But if Eddie Kingston loses... He can still work in New Japan. He just has to beg for permission <laughs> to have a match there. What? Which is, that's yes. <laughs> if you go and listen to the interview, that's how they set up the match. So Jay White, if, if Eddie Kingston loses, he can work in Japan. He just has to ask Jay White for permission first. Um, and also in that in the same interview and in promo, one of the lines that kind of stood out from Eddie Kingston. I don't know if this is a tip of the hat or not was that and if I beat you, you better not show your ass in AEW because uh, I'll beat your ass there too. So basically they kind of tease that Jay White mm. is AEW bound in general. Um, 
Which, if so, and they have a working relationship with New Japan, New Japan kind of gets the best of both worlds. If you're going to lose Jay White either way, you might as well lose him to AW, and then maybe you can still do stuff with him. And uh, I don't know. Have we seen Babyface Jay White? Is that is maybe that's the answer to the uh, who's the, who's the next Babyface if it's not Adam Cole? Could be the two of them, maybe together, um, or separately too, obviously. But yeah, you're right. I don't know. But uh, that that match is interesting for that. And then, you know, Tanahashi versus Okada, they'll have a good fucking match. They always do. But I've seen the match like a bazillion times. I don't know what they're going to do to... I don't think Tanahashi's winning the belt, so... Mercedes or Kari? I almost want to say Mercedes. Mm. Mercedes is going to... She's more of the heel, and uh, she's going to be more of the heel in Japan, I think. So you're going to have Kari do the chase. Again, I think at the end of it, Bull Nakano should come out and just beat the shit out of both of them. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to give uh, Mercedes Monet a little bit of props. She did get the PWI cover this month yeah. and had flame hair, which was really cool. Like actual flames painted in her hair. Uh, it's a pretty sick looking PWI cover. So uh, I, I don't think it really matters. You know, stardom generally doesn't like to switch their titles that fast. But in this situation... You kind of have the, I think, you know, Carrie's Hojo will be more of the baby face chasing after the title, which to some extent can be better than an actual title reign as a baby face. And uh, in the world of stardom, I think maybe that makes a lot of sense. But either way, I mean, this is great for stardom in New Japan, who's trying to incorporate more stardom, bringing her in. The The question is, is like, how long is Mercedes Monet? I mean, she's not officially signed with New Japan. She's just kind of working open contract dates, right? Yep. Well, I don't see that thing is I have I, I think yeah, you're right, but I have no idea. So, uh, well, just uh, AEW really could use I think Mercedes <laughs> Monet. I'm sorry, they really could use, and I'm not just saying because of her giant star part because I've never thought that Sasha was the best on the mic. They just I don't know they could use another credible wrestler to throw in the mix and maybe try to get whatever the fuck NWO attempt to a different level um, than whatever the fuck it is right now with the loser. I mean, you set up one hell of a match if Mercedes Monet wins the title and you do forbidden door. You got Jamie Hayter versus Mercedes Monet. There you go. There you go. With both ties to stardom at that point. Yep. Um, yeah, I think tonight's going to be back in the actually the pandemic era of all times when I was watching NXT and AEW and I had to put one on cable and one on my Xbox through a uh, certain website. Um, might be doing that same thing. Uh, you know, the fire stick, I'll fire up the good old uh, peacock, the cock, if you will, and then go find a nice little website put on my other television and kind of just tune in to whatever the hell catches my attention. And then, like I yeah. said, maybe I'll get so high by the end of it that it will merge and Okada will start fighting Roman Reigns. Yeah, I'm I'm wondering if I should just buy the New Japan pay-per-view and just watch it directly after and try not to look at my phone for any spoilers. I'll be sure to keep my mouth shut to you when it comes to that one, but I, I'll be texting my, you about Chamber. Yeah, my, my ability to watch two things at the same fucking time at this point in my life uh, <laughs> no, no, 
not very good. Angel McKitty. Oh, sorry. thought I was on mute playing with my cat. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Let's talk about the other pay-per-view, like we said. Uh, that is tonight. Elimination Chamber. And this is it, man. After this, we don't got nothing until WrestleMania. So... I kind of, I, I like this. In Montreal, Sami Zayn, obviously the big hero. He's in the main event against Mr. Roman Reigns. We also have the two Elimination Chamber matches. A uh, mixed tag match that looks awesome. And the third match between Lashley and Brock Lesnar. So, all in all, man, this looks like a pretty stacked pay-per-view. And WWE's been doing it. Especially Royal Rumble was awesome. So, you know. Doing a good job. We'll go into the uh, chambers and all the matches individually, but what do you think about the overall pay-per-view? Some really good matches on it, and it's anchored by probably the biggest main event they could put together. I mean, biggest main event in wrestling right now, at least, with Sammy yep. versus Rome. I think Montreal's going to lose their fucking mind if Sammy loses. So... <laughs> Or Montreal, they always get the screw job. Um, I, f- I forgot about the fact that it is Montreal, technically. Like, what the fuck? He's actually from here, you motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> Unless Sammy wins. <sighs> it's, it's, uh, it's interesting, because there is that, man. I mean, you know, we'll talk about it, but we can incorporate it right now. I loved the pep talk on Raw with Cody, and actually, yeah, let's just talk about that now, and then we'll talk about the pay-per-view. That was brilliant. That's when I sent you that text. I was like, that was brilliant, man, because the biggest thing that everyone was saying, like, all right, well, now you guys got yourself in a little bit of a conundrum because everyone loves Cody, and he's just coming back, so he's got all that, and he wins the Royal Rumble, but, dude, Sammy's on fire. And a lot of people were saying keep them away from each other. Was uh, Cornette said that they should be each other's like best buddy, like they have it. And Cody kind of mentioned the fact about Sammy possibly winning with that promo against Paul Heyman and kind of put him over there. And you know now you have <laughs> I love how they did it with Baron Corbin getting interviewed, and then Kathy Kelly is like, oh no, we got something I think more important going on in the ring, and they shoot to the ring. And uh, Sammy, you know, got in there real quick, was hoodie on, pulls it down and calls out Cody. And the whole prospect was Sammy doesn't it's hard for him to believe in himself. And it's not because he doesn't think he can't beat Roman one on one, but he's seen Roman put so many people away and he's been a part of his group. And he just knows that they're relentless, that they can't stop and wants to know from Cody if he really, truly believes that Sammy has a chance and it was, it was great, man. It, you know, and, and, and it's weird because Sammy, you know, one of his mentors, you gotta, it's gotta be weird because Cody doesn't look like dusty, but he does look like dusty, if that makes sense. So he's, it's kind of like a pep talk from the son of his mentor, you know, when he was in NXT and this, this, all this way to it. And they were in each other's, you know, they had each other's backs basically. And, he told him he doesn't want to see him on X-Raw, you know, asking uh, for advice from him. He wants to see him basically at WrestleMania. And it was a great moment with the audience. And both guys were over. Both guys were getting cheered. This is your two baby faces 
and they didn't fuck up the storyline. Everyone loves Cody. Everyone loves Sammy. And it was definitive. And, you know, that was the smart thing to do because that was a little bit of a problem. And he addressed it. Not only did you address it, you went right the fuck into it and kind of just brought it full front in front of everyone and just did it right, man. That was that was some all the stuff, you know, you know, Paul's been behind a lot of this, but all the stuff between the Paul Heyman and Cody, you know, just everything, everyone involved with the storyline from Kevin Owens, the whole entire bloodline, Roman, everyone has been absolutely great that this is just really compelling television to watch. Yeah, yeah, like we've like we've been saying for a long time, Paul Heyman and the Bloodline and Sammy and the, the, even Cody being tied back into this, it's the best story that's going in wrestling. It's been for a while, so I guess we're gonna see some sort of conclusion. I'm assuming that Sammy is going to proceed to start getting fucked over, and then you're gonna have the Kevin Owens uh, return here to set up a tag match. I don't see Sammy winning be amazing if sammy wins the only the only way i see if, if sammy winning the title here is if the next night on raw or the i guess the the following monday on raw paul Heyman comes out and explains that sammy only won one of the titles and we get a brand split see that could definitely happen and that's a very interesting prospect i mean they could do something you know and this kind of has to do with he was interviewed recently and he was asked about you know, basically throughout the interview, like who was one of his biggest wrestling inspirations. And he kind of immediately went to Mick Foley and then talked about how many times he read the book when it came out when he was younger and that it really stuck with him and that he knew that fans had this type of charisma that he had this type of charisma that, that fed off the fans a very similar way. And he's been compared throughout the course of his career. And, um, you know, I, it's in this situation, like if you think about it, if KO is, is Austin and obviously Roman's Triple H, uh, I'm not saying Cody's the rock, but he's he's got that type of presence and stuff like that. This situation, because I saw some people that were like, why does he need validation from Cody? And it's like, because that's how Mick would be, man. Mick would know. Maybe he would talk to the rock in a promo. He's about to go against fucking Triple H. That's making his life hell. And all he needs is someone to snap him out of it and be like, you know, you're you, you know, and I just I love that element. Um, yeah, I mean, semi needing validation makes a lot of sense. He, I mean, he just spent the majority he, of a year trying to get in good with. The he result. lost to giant Oxville at fucking mania last year. He's he's lost to pretty much. You know, he's lost the majority of his matches in general, but he also just spent an entire year trying to get validation from the Usos and and from Roman Reigns and be part of their group. And, yeah, it didn't work out for him. But Sami Zayn's never been a world champion. Of course, he's well, at least in the sense of WWE world champion, he's been an NXT champion, but um, depends on what what story they're telling that day. (laughs) Uh, He's not been, you know, the world champion. So he should have like worries and like can i do this confidence issues really because he's never been in this situation hell i don't even know if sammy's ever had a proper one you know one-on-one heavyweight title match i can't think of one offhand as far as main me neither so to me the promo made a lot of sense and cody being like hey man look you got this 
even though I'm still going to fight. <laughs> that would be the fucking funniest thing is Sammy does win the fucking title here. And Cody's like, no, nah, I still want to beat Roman's ass because he talks shit. Because <laughs> Cody could always get it down the line. Um, there's ways out of it if they want to have, you know, Sammy win. Just Kevin also being from Quebec, I, I'm assuming that it's going to be a save setting up a tag title match at Mania, which was kind of you've kind of already had predicted previously going back multiple months ago um but i i kind of want them to swerve me like I, i'll be completely fine if if they if, if if it makes sense and what happens is kevin owens comes out and still the bloodline maybe all right so we know that the usos were told to stay home that doesn't mean they're gonna fucking stay home you know what i'm saying so who knows but so it there really could be a possibility where we don't know what Jay's going to do, but then he fucking helps out, obviously, his brothers and cousins and shit and beats the fuck out of Sammy. Kevin Owens gets a huge pop, gets there. They get overwhelmed, and even Cody comes out, and then you let the heels beat up the three baby faces. You lead to WrestleMania. At the end of it, all gold on all the baby faces, and maybe Sammy's can be considered for heavyweight championship role some in the future because now he's even a bigger star. Kevin and him get what they wanted, which is – the tag titles for one time and Cody's a champ. But if they do something different, Chris, I'm going to go with it. They've done such a good job. If they do something predictable, I'm going to go with it and have no problem with it. If they do something completely different, I'm, I'm going to go with it as well. I'm invested. I mean, do you think it could be a situation where, uh, you either have Roman or Cody work two nights at mania? Uh, so say Sammy gets screwed over here, he does the tag title match or whatever, night one of Mania, and then the next day Cody's like, hey, or after his title shot, he's like, hey, I'm going to give you a shot. And they do, you know, Sammy versus Cody. <laughs> like, there's lots of ways to do really cool Could stuff be. with the with storyline. They've built it in that way. That's what that's what I was talking about <laughs> when I was bitching about AEW. If you build a good story, like, the matches kind of just – you should have a plethora of options uh, and they kind of have this right now. And um, yeah, I mean, like I said, they could even do the Paul Heyman getting ultra lo lawyer about it and being like, well, you know, Sammy wins, right? Well, he only won this title or whatever. You can't t challenge for both belts on the same night unless Roman specifically says that's the case, which he hasn't. So, I mean, they could swerve like that. They have said that they wanted to split the belts back up. Eventually, they wanted to combine them into, or they did want to combine them into one belt for the Rock match. But when the Rock didn't sign, they kiboshed that idea, and they want heavyweight titles on both shows again, which I don't think really matters. Actually, I think it's better when there's not two heavyweight titles. But they could do something yeah. that as well, and then you get the happy moment with Sammy winning the belt. Um, I don't know who his opponent that the big the biggest thing would be like, well, then who's going to go against Sammy at Mania unless the actual thing well, is and Roman wrestles two nights in a row. That's what I was getting at. He, he has a rematch with Sammy and then he also has to wrestle Cody. Well, this is completely different than what we've been, you know, kind of proposing, thinking of, I've been saying. But yeah, even though Kevin Owens is a really great baby face, man. Would that piss him off all of a sudden if Sammy, who he tried to help, wouldn't fucking listen to him, actually fucked him over, all of a sudden has the belt from Roman, and he did it, and then 
Kevin Owens just annihilates him and fucking destroys him, maybe like his celebration on Raw or something like that, and you just set up that, I guess you could do. I don't know. I'm just – this is very uh, interesting. Like I said, if they go predictable, it's going to be great, and if they go unpredictable, I'm I'm around for the ride, you know? Yeah, I mean, you definitely could just have Kevin go back to being a shitbag heel. I mean, if you're going to get the heel heat with Kevin, though, you do it tonight, right? Have Sammy win the belt and then have Kevin fucking treat him just like he did in NXT and hit the pop-up powerbomb on the apron. Then bring back Uh, all that that match for Mania. I mean, if I was going to do it, like, you're going to get, like... As long as we don't get a three-way for the title at WrestleMania, I don't want to see that. Or a four-way with Kevin Owens included. Like, I don't don't, want to see that. Kevin, I guess, technically could be a part of it, but I, you know, he's he's been gone, so I don't I don't know that he would even want to be put in that situation because it kind of over it steps on what if they were gonna do a, even a three way, I don't know that Kevin would want to to be like to make that a four way match. Kind of yeah, but I don't even want to see Cody, Sammy, and Roman. I don't want to see a three way either. I would rather separate it or do what you gotta do. I'd rather a singles match between whoever, you know. Because they did we'll that last year. And, well, they had a good one when it was uh, Brian Danielson, Edge, and uh, Roman. That was actually a pretty good match. But still, I don't want it. Well, let's see if Roman has the same sack as Okada. <laughs> Maybe he'll just wrestle two fucking shows in a row. Good. Definitely good. Um, other than that, let's kind of go into... We'll just do the quick predictions. We already... I mean, I guess my prediction is for Roman and Sammy, I'm expecting Roman. But if Sammy wins, that's... That'll be interesting. Um, as far as Edge and Beth Phoenix against the Judgment Day, it's already been talked about that it's going to probably be Balor and Edge at WrestleMania, and I don't want to see Rhea Ripley lose. So I guess the ba- the the baby faces are going down, Chris. Yeah, I mean they need to in this situation just because you're either that or Dominic's eating the pin, right? Well, it's it's Balor and Rhea, so oh, so Balor's eating the pin, I guess. Yeah, he could be. Rhea Rhea definitely is not eating any pin in this. Right, because she's got. I could see her. I could see her beating Beth Phoenix though, just to give her a little bit more of an oomph. Um, I don't understand. Well, I know that they're trying to build out a map, but shouldn't it be fucking Dominic and and Rhea? Really, I, I I get it, but I don't that's not as interesting of a match as Balor and and Edge, I guess, but. Um, Lashley and Lesnar, they both have a win, uh, but also Bobby threw uh, Lesnar out, but they both have a win from their past two matches. This is the rubber match. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just thinking about Lesnar talking about laying in bed at night with his wife, thinking about Bobby Lashley. (laughs) Oh man, <laughs> uh, and I I like their weird shit. Like Bobby was very pompous, you know. You have Lester in the ring with fucking Pierce, and then now it looks like Bobby. I think the Hurt business is coming back together, is what I'm assuming. They're kind of like doing stuff in the background, which I like, you know, and and bringing up uh, situations with MVP, him getting Shelton and uh uh, uh fucking I forgot his partner's name right now, uh, Cedric, uh, you know, a, a win and talking to Bobby, you know, Bobby's kind of heelish and he brings a table with a bunch of fucking, uh, security guards that just, you know, jobbers. 
essentially, and he won't come to the to ring. He wants, uh, you know, Brock to come to him. Brock obliges and just annihilates everyone and gets speared off his fucking boots by Bobby, and Bobby just... So it looks like Bobby's going more back to a heel. I don't know... Because, like, now it looks like Bray last night said that he is is calling out whoever wins this match tonight. So honestly, I'm hoping that Bobby wins because I'd rather Brock with something else if that's the case. Um, yeah, I, I would rather have Brock and Gunther like has been talked about. Um, maybe him and Bray would be interesting, but with that whole entire thing from last night, Chris, I'm like, uh, so what the fuck does that mean exactly? Does that mean that we're getting... Either Bray against Brock or, or Bray against Bobby Lashley at, at uh, WrestleMania. And then you would have the Hurt Business versus Captain Howdy and, and Bray or uh, Brock. Like, uh, I don't know. Kind of makes me the, uh, a little nervous. All the rumors I've sent is that it's Brock versus Bray. And they made that decision and they're one to give Bray a big rub by having him beat Brock, who they consider a, you know, a bigger superstar than Bobby. The, now, the guy that beat... Uh, the streak, essentially at WrestleMania. It's the idea. The problem is, is yep. like you're gonna ask Brock Les Cowboy Brock Lesnar to try to sell supernatural shit, and it's gonna come off like comedic fucking gold. But I don't think that's what they're going for. <laughs> Not only that, who the hell's gonna leave the match? And that I guess it has to be Brock. Uh, like Brian Danielson said this when. The Fiend first started being The Fiend. He's like, how the hell am I supposed to be scared of Bray Wyatt in a mask? And if Brian Danielson <laughs> said it, like, you're Brock Lesnar, a man who has claimed to F5 a cow. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't... I don't know what the... I know that the plan is, like, to try to do some kind of weird shit and somehow Bray gets a win against Brock. If you want to impress me, have Bray Wyatt come out and have an actual fucking match. Yeah. If he beats him clean and there's no crazy shit and they find a good way to do that with no weird bullshit. And then you can go back to this uncle howdy crap afterwards if you want. Do not try to put if they put Brock in a situation where he has to sell like being scared of the fiend or uncle howdy. It's going to be some of the worst shit we've seen in years. I can go ahead and tell you that it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> it's oh. so fucking terrible. There's a reason why they didn't lean into that crap with the Undertaker. It's because Brock Lesnar doesn't look like a person that would be scared of anything. He shouldn't. Like, he, if anything, he should like just go inside the fucking Firefly Funhouse and like destroy the whole entire fucking thing, set it on fire, and then yeah. eat hot dogs on a fucking stick with the fire. <laughs> like the only thing that like maybe would affect like Brock is if you can somehow get Sable to be a part of the storyline. And, and even then what, what's the end goal? Brock is going to murder Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, if there's anyone or if there's most people that I feel like could get a good match out of Bray Wyatt, it is Brock. Uh, I don't know, man. That's just weird. That's going to be, I mean, I don't he just, know. He just had a lights out brawl with LA Knight and almost lost. He's, I'm supposed to believe that he's on the same level as fucking Brock. And what we're, yeah, we're not even, and, and this is the thing, if we're going by supernatural concept, 
I guess if it was the Fiend, it would make a little bit more sense because they built him up and had him beat pretty much everyone before the fucking Seth Rollins nonsense at the end. But um, they also had him get killed by Goldberg, who Brock has already beat. Oh God! So <laughs> even even drawing from history, it doesn't work. All right. Well. At least we're, we're going to find out what happens. Maybe there will be an appearance by Bray afterwards. Uh, but then the, we have the uh, the other two matches, the Elimination Chamber. First, we'll go over for the Women's Raw WWE Championship to find out who's going to be going against Bianca Belair for that title at WrestleMania 39. Uh, in the chamber, we have Asuka, Liv Morgan, Nikki Cross, Raquel Gonzalez, Natalia, and Carmella. I swear to God, the only two people I could see winning this, you know, to go against Bianca is Raquel Rodriguez or Asuka. And I'm, I'm pulling for Asuka more than anyone. Uh, and if they randomly pull someone like Carmella and she fucking wins it, I'm going to, I'm going to be really, really angry. I'll just put it that way. I don't even need an analogy or a joke. I'm just be mad. So that's who I want Asuka to win. My second choice, Raquel Rodriguez. Yeah, it's Asuka. Especially if Triple H has his hands involved in this one, it's, it's going to be Asuka. I mean, she, she held the belt in NXT for 400-something days. Yep. So, yeah, I think Did Asuka. she go to Mania and beat, uh, beat Bianca? Mm, I don't know. It's that interesting, could, isn't it? I could go either way on that one, because I think you could have them feud for a while. So even if Asuka loses that match, and it's a good match, I don't, you know, they could, you can do something else at SummerSlam or, you know, a little down the line if you want to put the belt on Asuka. Yeah, it almost would have been more fitting, if you think about it, to have Bianca go again. I know that Rhea wants to avenge against Charlotte, but her and Bianca are kind of the two people we think about after the Four Horsewomen as, like, the two women that come out of NXT, Rhea versus Bianca. And then... Asuka could have gone against Charlotte and then, you know, avenged her loss against Charlotte for the title a couple of years back. That would have been, but you know, I'm not, I'm backstage quarterback in, you know, uh, booking and tripped triple H, Mr. Trips was a good job with the pen. So, <laughs> I mean, both of those matches would be good either way. Even if you swap the opponents, I think that they'll, they'll both be good title matches. I hate to know who's going to go on after Asuka and Bianca because I think they're going to tear the house down if that's the match. God, but, I would love it if Asuka and her get, like, the main event of the first night and fucking Asuka beats her and just gets that. That would just be great. Don't I expect think, it, but it would be cool. I mean, I think the biggest surprise is that Becky is not involved with any of these storylines, really. I guess it, it just makes it seem like it's going to be her against Bailey in some capacity at at uh, WrestleMania. I mean, I guess since since they're not doing the pay per view anymore, Triple H made a you know a thing about the whole Hell in the Cell. You could do Bailey and fucking her Hell in the Cell. You know that keeps out Bailey's group and just let them destroy each other on one of the nights. Yeah, I mean, they but they just did a fucking cage match, which is the same gimmick, and everyone got involved anyways. So well that well then that's why you get the hell in the cell because there's no way possibly <laughs> you could ever get in that, especially based on all of them, including the first one for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna uh, say, it's gotta be kind. <laughs> it's gotta be kind. All right, uh, 
let's talk about the men's. I like that they're, they they stepped up the U.S. title. This is kind of a reason why I don't want two world championships, but I'll deal with it either way because I like what they've been doing with the IC belt and the U.S. belt. This feels big. The chamber match is not for anything to do with the you know world title match for the U.S. belt. You had the champ, Austin Theory, uh, Seth freaking Rollins, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, Damian Priest, Montez Ford. This is actually all right. My, I think Austin Theory is going to inevitably win this, but there is part of me that looks at Montez Ford, Damian Priest too. I guess he would be my third choice. I think Bronson's a little bit too soon. Don't see Johnny winning. I don't see Seth winning. I I actually see some type of distraction possibly from Logan Paul causing Seth to win. Uh. But or getting losing whatever, but Montez Ford winning this would be very very interesting. Or Damian Priest winning this, honestly. But I feel like Austin Theory is the man to win this, Chris. Yeah, I mean he could he could win it with Seth Rollins getting messed with, right, and then go on to Mania and drop the belt to whoever you want him to drop the belt to. So I'm gonna agree with you. I think Austin Theory will. Uh, probably pick up the title here and the only reason i say that is i well he has the title retain the title retain the title yeah sorry um and draw and then drop it at mania because i think that he might be one of their front runners for who might win the money in the bank this year even though he won last year and had to like lose it yeah why not i mean the reason they took it off of them is because they didn't want to take the belt off roman yeah yeah. If it's not going to have the belt, if it's going to be Cody or, or, well, Cody and or or both Cody and Sammy around that time, which is the that's the pay per view after Mania, right? Uh, maybe that makes a lot of sense. I don't I don't know, but yeah, I I don't know how much he can do with the IC belt. He's kind of fought the majority of these guys already. Yeah. Um. The rumor. And who knows this is true, is that it's probably going to be him and Cena for the U.S. title at Mania. Um, in that case, I feel like Cena would put over Theory, but I could be wrong, obviously, since he can't chill out. But unless they do something where it's him versus maybe maybe a three-way or a one-on-one with, one, I guess, one of these guys, Montez Ford, maybe. So it's uh, it's interesting. I definitely think Seth Rollins is going to get kind of screwed over. Um in this match. Yeah, I think the finish is going to be Seth and Austin Theory as the last two in there. That and then be- Logan pops up on the screen or something, talks a little shit. Seth loses attention, and then the dreaded roll-up from the heel, you know, one, has two, three. Ever, has anyone ever broke into the elimination chamber? No, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I guess you could literally get involved and then fuck them up afterwards. Because Seth's been talking shit about him on a lot of different publications, including uh, Pat McAfee's show. So if they want to use that in the storyline, like, oh, okay, motherfucker. Say that yeah. shit to my face. I mean, that seems to be the celeb match, right? I guess. I mean, I guess Seth could just win here and then that be a title match in Mania if they wanted to do that. I just It doesn't – I don't know that you need to flip the title that way. Sorry, I called it the IC title earlier. This is U.S. title, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I will say, uh, I don't know if you're aware of, you know what's the one person that we really haven't talked about at all on this? I'll probably do a cool spot in it. 
but I kind of wanted to bring this up. Uh, Johnny Gargano. Uh, Johnny Gargano is gonna, probably going to end up being the first person in the match right, to start things out. He'll probably get eliminated first, too. I just... Johnny was great in NXT when he was the baby face from underneath that, you know, was getting taken advantage of in bad situations. Obviously, the biggest one was with Ciampa. I, I, he has not done shit for me in a long time, including when he was in NXT as a heel. Like, I really think their best bet for me, for Johnny to be anything besides, like, some guy in the background... Um, when Ciampa is healthy, because he's coming back from injury, I think, soon, he hurt himself, put DIY back together and have him be a badass, especially if there is a prospect that FTR might be coming back to WWE. You know, the Revival and DIY had some awesome tag matches, uh, build them up again. And I know this sounds kind of stupid, but if you really want to get Johnny over, rehash the same fucking shit. Have them win the titles, then at some part lose, and then Ciampa does it again. And for any of the fans that have witnessed this, like me, like you, like NXT fans, that motherfucker, the goddamn Sicilian psychopath, did it again. And then you can get him better over as a heel. Giant's babyface, you do a similar route. For people that are new, they might find it as compelling as we did. Because I just feel like Ciampa had a lot of problems. They put him with the Miz like on the main roster, and Johnny is not like him being in the background of someone's promo with his wife. Um, I just don't give a shit. Uh, and I like both guys, especially Ciampa. So that's what I was thinking the other day. I don't know if you agree with me or not. I would just kind of go to what worked when Ciampa's healthy. You know, rehash if you have to, the same fucking storyline. I'm pretty sure people will get into it. Well, I mean, they don't have anything for the artist to do either, really, right? So, like, why not just – everyone liked that gimmick in NXT when they were doing the weird relationship. Put him back with his fucking wife. Put that family back together and have them be – if you're not going to make DIY again, just have them be yeah. a mid-card comedy act. It's fine. Yeah. The, the world needs that. We, we talked about this last week with Orange Cassidy to some extent and Shane Helms. Like, it's okay. Like, there is a need for that on the show. Uh, and if you, at it. <laughs> so. you no, you could totally do the way again, like you're saying, bring because Indy's ready to go back to or is ready for the main roster any, any second now. Out of a lot of actually great females that are ready from NXT, I think they're doing better uh, creating female stars than they are male stars, technically to me, but whatever. Um, put the way back together, but if you want to get it involved in that, if Ciampa comes back in and fucking starts fucking with them. You know, I just that they are so good together that I'm not saying they need to always be together, but it's kind of like a Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn thing. So if you can kind of get the audience into them more by using tactics you did in the past, it will probably get them to that level. And then you can separate them and you've built them so they don't have because I, I feel like the audience is not getting them as much as I wish they would. Uh, and especially Gargano, I feel like he's just like in the background, like literally. Yeah, I mean, if you have if you if you bring back the way. Um, Ciampa still has beef with the artist, right? They didn't really solve that. So maybe yeah. that's the way you I mean, you could still build to a feud that way. Yep. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you. Go to what works. 
Um, the other option, I, I said there was like three options. One's DIY, two is bring back the way. The third option is Sami Zayn wins this fucking belt and he just starts giving people that don't have a shot as the ultimate underdog title shots. And then maybe I'll, that's... Uh, Brian Danielson yeah, or Daniel maybe, Bryan, I should say, in that type of situation. Well, yeah, or, you know, much like John Cena did for him on his first match on Raw, uh, maybe he he's the one that can help get a Ciampa or a... Johnny Gargano over to that next level where at least they're seen as more contenders on the main roster, especially because he was a former NXT champion, like one of the longest reigning NXT champions. Um, I think there, that makes a lot of, a lot of sense if they wanted to go that route, but that all depends on what the hell they're going to do with the title belts after tonight. Really? It does. I, but I'm looking forward to both pay-per-views tonight, and I'm probably going to try to double-watch them unless I drink too much and I'll just pass out and have to re-watch both of them tomorrow back-to-back, but whatever. Um, trying to like, go through... Luckily, we talked about a lot of the stuff on Raw, SmackDown, you know, incorporated throughout this. But let me see if I can find any more details. Do you have anything else to say about the Elimination Chamber itself? Uh, did we talk about is Sheamus and um, Drew McIntyre going against War Machine at this pay-per-view? They went against each other last night um, and beat them. Yeah, but I didn't know if they were going to do like a rematch or something on a pre-show or. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know where they're going with that. I mean, they're doing the same thing over and over again. And I like it because they're guys that just beat the shit out of each other. But. Maybe maybe they need a rubber batch now. I'm not 100% sure because they beat them. Then now Sheamus and Drew beat them, I think. Not 100% sure. That's one WWEs, you know. Yeah, so like Gunther just beat fucking Madcap Moss. What's he doing in this pay-per-view? Nothing? Is he not even on the card? Not even on the card unless it's been uh, added as of recently. Uh, and we talked about the Sammy and Cody promo. Talked about that. In what world did they were like, you know what the match people want to see? Madcap versus Gunther. <laughs> uh, basically, they were like, Madcap needs to look decent out there. Who do we got? <laughs> and Gunther was like, I'll I'll get him into a good match. Don't worry. Why don't they put Madcap and fucking Boggs together as a tag team and just have them be like a middle of the card? Con- That's what they would be if they were in like, you know, mid nineties WWF or WCW. Oh, yeah. I said fucking put him and Elias uh Boggs and Elias together in like a little music thing, but yeah, that would work as well because fucking three man band did it. <laughs> I don't I don't know if this is really working for uh for Emma now coming back and they are together in real life, but now she's just basically like his his uh fucking manager? Like I mean, not to be that guy, I just don't know that there's going to be much that works for fucking Emma. Yeah, I know. She showed she showed a lot of, like, I didn't see her back in the day. All I saw was that Emmalina shit right when I first started watching wrestling. I was like, what the fuck was that? But she had some good matches in Impact, and when she said she was coming back to the roster, I thought they would, they just basically put her with her boyfriend, and she's kind of in the background, or he'll come out with her. Like, don't think that's working out for you guys. Just saying. Uh... Let's see. At least in WWE right now, there is a clear definition of what is mid card and what is like 
the heavyweight picture? Yeah. Um, I have that problem watching, say, like uh, AEW and uh, Impact right now. Like, I can't tell <laughs> what's what, really. Where there is like a clear line of certain people in WWF where you're like, okay. Yeah, I do agree with that. So we had a Texas Tornado match uh, on AEW. John Moxley's got to bleed. Hey, guys, great job on this one, not having the close-up when he was fucking blading uh, like you did, I don't know, every time he does or back when... (laughs) You got Takeshka, who looked like he fucking beginners, you know, handed the uh, the blade, and you somehow caught him rolling around trying to do it, still blading, right on fucking camera. Um, you know, it's funny is that the prospect that now runs it since Keith Mitchell, who was the one who's in charge, he retired. Um, he previously worked on TNA, Worked on WWE, WWF right at the beginning, WCCW, and also WCW throughout their course of time. And they now replace him with, and a lot of his camera angles actually have been great, but he was the protege to Bucky Beaver over in WWE and was kind of the guy that everyone thought was going to take his job uh, once he left. But I guess since it's WWE, you know, he never was taught about, hey, don't put a big fucking massive close up on someone when they're blading their head, Chris, because yeah, a lot of this probably has to do with the fact that a lot of AEW wrestler, I mean, like there are the ones that plan stuff out like the bucks, et cetera, but Moxley doesn't seem like a guy that he's like a dog chasing cars. So maybe they just didn't fucking know he was about to blade right then, (laughs) you know? So I can't give him too much shit on that. I think that was just like, Oh, that sucks. Poor timing. Uh, what I will say in general is they've had a lot of production issues. They have had microphone issues, not not the last show, but the two shows before that. Uh, kind of just weird, random shit that I thought they had gotten worked out. But the the best looking the AEW has been, which is kind of weird to say, was during the pandemic as far as camera angles go. I'm I'm not a guy that needs like 78 fucking cameras in a wrestling match. In fact, I think it's a little bit distracting when you get into a ton of camera cuts. I think that's sadly the time period where Keith worked a majority of it was during the pandemic. He had this legendary wrestling producer and yeah, Yeah, I agree with you though. Shot really well though. Like they made, you know, they use the wrestlers outside the ring. They had like three simple camera angles. And uh, I mean, it's part of the reason why I think like new Japan, I think looks better as far as like wrestling goes, New Japan looks a lot better than a lot of these other shows. I think they're sometimes you try to do too, way too goddamn much. Uh, WWE is super guilty of it. If we're gonna bitch about, you know, production and and camera angles and shit, they're like the uh, the fucking worst of the worst. And not because of like the actual quality of what they're filming. It's just that they do way too goddamn much for no reason. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's a fucking square. Point three cameras at it and switch between three cameras. <laughs> like, it's not, <laughs> not. You don't have to make a fucking cinematic masterpiece out of wrestling. It's not, you know. I don't need to know whether someone's feet are in bounds from like 1,000 feet away, like in football or something. Like, you don't. 
you don't need all that shit. Wrestling, wrestling at its height didn't have all this shit, so you definitely don't need to. You're overdoing it a little bit, WWE. See, look, we give shit to both companies. It's fine. Absolutely. You have to. Everyone can improve. And it's funny because it comes from two guys that worked not at all with wrestling. So at the same time, too, you as an audience have fun with it and don't take us too seriously because, you know, we shouldn't. But, uh, yeah, um, I was wondering, and I understand that he's got, he's more towards the end of his career, but he's still been wrestling and a lot on the fucking YouTube stuff. And then he did a stint in impact for a while. Now Frankie's officially done with AEW, signed a contract long-term. So his best buddy's now with impact full-time again. Um, but Christopher Daniels was money on the mic against MJF, man. I really actually liked that promo. I mean, I knew exactly where it was going to go, where MJF was going to, you know, get the better of him and then start beating him up, look like he was going to hurt him, and then Brian Danielson would come out for the save. But it was a lot of real shit. I, I really liked how MJF attacked the audience beforehand and kind of like admitting that the main reason why he hates him is because that he's convinced the audience that he's better than someone like him. Um, and just some of the wording through it, but like Danielson or, you know, saying, saying that, that Danielson's a fraud and that really pissing off Christopher Daniels, who was going to get paid money or whatever to, to just completely unload on how Danielson is. And then like Chris, but honestly, you should have just kept the money. I mean, you really didn't have to give it back to him anyways, but him fucking throwing the money back at him. And just, you know, baby faces hell, putting over Danielson and talking about how when he was younger, he helped him out and blah, blah, blah. And that he's one of the best, you know, just great promo from Christopher Daniels. I wish I saw more more of him on the program. He's getting stiffer because he's getting older and that's just how it is. But I wish he would not be on YouTube so much and actually come to the fucking main product once in a while. Because he's still damn good and he was good on the mic against MJF, I thought. And I thought this was good. I mean, he's, like, technically officially retired. I know he's doing matches, but they're mostly, like, training matches, right, is what his gimmick Probably. is. Probably. So I don't think he wants to work a full program. I mean, him versus Samoa Joe have had absolute bangers in both Ring of Honor and Impact. So if you're going to do something, maybe do something with him in Ring of Honor. Um, But, yeah, Christopher Daniels, fucking great. Friend of the show. We've done an interview with that guy. Go check that out. It's out there in the ether. But his weird black eye, such a weird situation. <laughs> I'm so glad he can see, though. But he's like, yeah, filled up with blood, and it won't stop looking like this. But yeah, what? it's crazy. You know, that brings up a good question. Where the fuck is SCU? <laughs> well, like SCU, well, where's Scorpio? Scorpio. Scorpio is injured, and I think he's, he's – I'm assuming he's coming back soon, but I don't know what the hell they're going to do with him now that – although that – tag team really didn't do anything for him with Ethan Page, but well, that injury maybe. was like almost 10 months ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe premiere him on Ring of Honor. Now, that's a guy that I was super behind that I thought could have been a huge star for them. Me and too. Decided to turn him heel, so maybe that is a guy you can bring back as a huge baby face, because Scorpio Sky is good on the mic. He's got a different look. He can do any kind of in-ring thing you want to do. 
think well, that... like you also said earlier, you know, Scorpio Sky is definitely one of them, and someone else. You don't really need Jay Lethal with Sanjay Dutt and fucking Jeff Jarrett. He's a great fucking babyface. Um, if you give him a chance to be, so I don't know. There's another guy too, but yeah, I completely agree with Scorpio Sky. I was because he kind of, and I always made that comparison. He said that his favorite wrestler growing up was Sting, like the the baby face, blonde haired, you know, that type of baby face. Uh, and he kind of does have that, does remind me of that to that uh, concept. But uh, you know, just a pure great baby face. Both of them do. Yeah, I mean, well. The, the, we're just throwing out names that would be good for Ring of Honor if they're not going to do anything with them on that roster. Fucking no there, shit. There's a guy right there. Put him against Claudio right off the bat. That'll be a good match. Uh, I already talked about why I didn't. I, dude, I just don't give a fuck about Jungle Boy anymore. I don't. Like he's fine. I think they put attention into him a little bit more. So I don't think he should be beating people that he beats. I think he's shit on the mic. You think he's fine in the ring? Um, you know, good for the modern style, but nothing special. The whole attitude of him, just from him not wanting anything to do with any type of suggestions from anyone else and stuff like that, also does not help it. Kind of just makes me go back in his generation. But, you know, he is Luke Perry's son, and they've given him a lot of attention, and I just don't get it. So there. Fuck it. I'm going to give a little bit of a pass just because both they had set up for him, both guys got injured. You know, yeah. So we, well, Christian is back. Yeah, yeah. Christian is back, and Christian's such a dick. Instead of using the arm cast as a weapon, he has mace, which I found fucking hilarious. Christian's great, dude. His contract's coming up soon too. Yeah, I think that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna, he'll probably work independent or just let the contract run out and then work a couple more dates. But I think the end goal is for him to at least have one more big match with Edge, right? Yeah, because Edge has talked about he would, he said he would love to have the last match. And I think Bubba said the same thing, but this is wishful thinking. His last match be a part of a match where it's Christian and Edge versus the Hardys versus the Dudleys. But realistically, he said, I think Christian pretty much said the same thing. Him and he wants to have a match against Christian, and he would love to win the world tag team titles with Christian one more time. You know, if Jeff Hardy has got his stuff together, maybe that is your big baby face. Yeah, dude. Because MJF could rip. There's nothing that hasn't been already said about him, like Jeff Hardy, (laughs) you know, by some heel. Maybe that is the guy that can come in and and get an AEW championship and be a huge baby face. And then you could set up him versus Punk if Punk's back. I'm just trying to think of people that will actually move the dial for them. And uh, a very charismatic coming back from rehab, Jeff Hardy always moves the number to some extent. You know what moves the number for me is having a match with the amazing Kip Sabian uh, against Hangman Page. Obviously, that was just a match that was set up to have Hangman and John Moxley have a confrontation where, like I said, Evil Uno smacked the fuck of John Moxley and has a match with him uh, this next Dynamite. So we're going to watch Evil Uno get fucking... I think he's going to bleed. Even if he has a mask on, I think we're going to see him bleed on television, Chris. 
Yeah, I, I'm assuming he's getting unmasked. Probably. Yeah, that was that but was whether they show his face or not. I, I just like fucking Moxley just no selling. One, he got slapped, he got the shit slapped out of him, but he just no sold it. And then as like Evil Uno is standing there in this purple fucking Barney the Dinosaur Joker suit, Moxley's like talking through him at Hangman still. Like he's like basically like who the fuck are you? <laughs> They, they just go in the back and John Silver's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you crazy? <laughs> Moxley's great and he's been great for a while. Um, I, I don't know, man. They're trying to they're, – this storyline with Hangman's not clicking for me, but mostly because Hangman's lost two of the fucking matches. And his character, they have not nailed down on what it actually is. It was more clear what it was when he was – the drunk cowboy tagging with Kenny, which is <laughs> him and Kenny Omega <laughs> with the Kenny Omega with a fucking glass of milk. That was pretty goddamn funny. There should be camaraderie between Kenny and uh, CM Punk. Maybe maybe yeah. we'll get a Pepsi tattoo and they can talk about it together or something. And set up a what? Game. No. What if what if you put a Coca Cola tattoo on his arm? Oh, that's like, fuck you. That's the fuck heel heat right there, dude. You can't that. That, that is some heel heat. Oh, Lord. Yeah, there was some stuff I liked about it. But like I said, I mean, I, I really, I mean, don't want to bury Dynamite, but sometimes it's so sporadic. And it was like all the matches that they announced for a pay-per-view that's two weeks away that you could have used this to build for. A couple of them are rematches, and the other one's a match that you have two of the best in the industry for the, what they can do heal baby face. And I just don't give a fuck about it. And it, it sucks. It pisses me off. It's, it's because, and it's kind of how it is. Like I've said that this before with other type of geek people, it's like, I just, I, I'm not some asshole that wants something to do bad just because I'm, that's just me. Like I want it to do well. And it, when it's like, yeah, fucking two more weeks, till this damn pay-per-view. I don't care about your main event. You got a fucking Texas death match with Moxley and, and, and hangman, which woo, like, you know, uh, I don't know. It just, and then the guns against the acclaim. And then there's two tag teams that will be figured out between two battle Royals. Why do we keep on going to battle Royals to figure out tag teams to be involved with pay-per-view matches? That's just fucking weird. And I don't know, man. It just, it makes me tired. It really does. Makes me fucking t- Tony makes me tired, man. And I doubt he's ever tired, ever. I, th- I think the you know the the thing that annoys me most about it, it's like when WWE was booking really bad shows. At least I know I wasn't paying sixty dollars for the pay per view. Yeah. <laughs> there was a big yeah, gap, dude. you know, paying five dollars a month for Peacock to or ten dollars a month or whatever you pay to paying sixty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> with with nothing you care about on the show that probably will do but you're asking people to do that with a bunch of matches they've kind of already seen like you gave away the fucking title match with the guns um the only thing on this pay-per-view that people haven't seen i guess would be house of black versus versus the elite yep I mean, we've, we just saw like two, two or three fucking Moxley Hangman matches. What is what Brian is the name of this pay per view? 
I fuck, I don't know, the next AEW pay-per-view. But to be fair, I'm pretty bad about that with WWE as well, except for they say it like every 10 seconds on their show. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't know. But, Retribution, I think it is, or Revolution. Yeah, they're, they're two weeks out. I guess Ward, Wardlow versus Samoa Joe. That's interesting. Yeah, but I don't even give a fuck about Wardlow anymore. Now I don't. Now I don't want him to beat Samoa Joe. <laughs> and he really Fair should. Point. He needs to Plenty win. When to beat Joe? I think Joe should be running straight for fucking MJF. There's your baby face right there. Like you yeah, have so seen until you've seen Samoa Joe. <laughs> literally seen all three of these matches on free television, and then MJF and Brian Danielson for an Iron Man match for an hour of it. And the build has not been, you know, Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle or Shawn Michaels and Brett or giving us really good reason to. I mean, it's more than fucking when Dolph Ziggler and fucking Seth Rollins did it, but I should care about this way more. I should care about this way more. Why is it an Iron Man? I mean, no, I know it's to stack the odds in MJF's favor, but isn't the the odds already stacked in his favor by? Brian's arm being fucking ripped out of socket multiple times. God, that. I mean, I'm sure they're going to have a great match. MJF's just trying to show off. He can't directly say it, but he wants everyone to know that he can have good matches that aren't shorter um, or do some dynamic stuff like he did against Takeshka, like that backflip spot uh, when he was held up on the ropes. But, uh, no one, but no one's out here saying that about MJF. Like no one's out here being like that guy sucks in the ring. They're not fucking giving him the Roman Reigns treatment. Like we watched him have a forty-five minute dog collar match against Punk. Like we we get it, dude. It's fine. Yeah, you have like, passion. <laughs> no, I I mean, <laughs> where is he? Like, why do they think they need an hour long? This show is gonna go till like fucking one o'clock in the morning again. Mm. And half of the shit <laughs> I've already seen. And it's going to cost me $60 and there's no real storylines that I care about it. I care about going into it. Like it, it's. And they have people that they still don't have matches for that should be on the fucking card. So it's like, I don't. Yeah. Like, all right. So if Adam Cole's good to go, would we want him on this card? Or I guess just wait until afterwards and use his, him wanting to heal up his head, I guess more. I don't know. You'd think that you'd want him on there. Hey, how about we do, you know what we should really do? What we really need is Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho, because that will be a match that we've never seen any type of situation behind. Um, <laughs> fuck. Jay Cargill against someone, I guess, you know? Um, I don't Is she even going to be on the pay-per-view? She just, I mean, she won her match. I'd like to see, like, I know Keith Lee came back last night, and that was the big deal of it. But I thought Dustin and Swerve had a good match. I'd like to see them run it back, honestly. Um, but now I guess they're going to position it with Keith Lee. Just one thing, uh, the, the reason why I said him winning the Ring of Honor title, this is Dustin's last year. He's been around as long as fucking, almost as long as Sting, as long as Undertaker in the industry. Can we do some stuff with them besides them, like, you know, putting a couple of people over here and there, like give them a storyline one, one last one? I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> he could show up at fucking mania. <laughs> yeah. Well, God, man, he would, 
It would be really great if he could have been involved in the storyline, WWE. Not going to lie. But his contract's up, right? Headed into Mania. That's been the rumors that, hey, there's a chance Dustin might just be at Mania. Comes out and just clears out the bloodline. People will go nuts. Yeah, like he comes out as fucking gold dust. Like the, the new tag team champions come out. Usos and, and Solo get the better of them. They're causing more shit. And then Dustin fucking hits the ring and takes him out. That would be great. That'd it's be like, awesome. it's so unfortunate because they had a chance to do something really cool when, when Dusty died because they already had Stardust and Goldust teaming together and Dusty was involved with that storyline. So it would also be a nice resolution if Dustin wants to just train and ride off into the sunset. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that Tony Khan should give, like, fucking wrestlers to WWE for these type of situations, but for something like that. Well, Dustin should just tell him that his son is training in NXT and he wants to train him. <laughs> that's more, that's weirder than, like, something, something like, okay, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I would like to see Dustin with a weight belt before he, before his career's done as well. No, that's the they're going with Ring of Honor. We don't even know what that fucking show is gonna look like. Like, I mean, we did see that when they had to do an impromptu Ring of Honor show, that it was uh, like a lot of bad matches for the that first Jay Briscoe tribute that they did. Yeah, it was all over the place. So. Hopefully, with them taping it, it will be be better. I know that they 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 called a lot of people back from various places to do this tapings, so we we will see. But uh, oh no, man, does Dustin, uh, Dustin showing up to help Cody? I think would that mania could be a big deal. Then again, like I don't like we're we're also guessing. We're these are rumors about what his contract is and if his contract is actually up and when it's actually up. It's not like Dustin Rhodes is out here posting on Twitter like. Yo, y'all gonna sign me or what? Or something. Yeah, just regardless, if he stays in AEW and he's there longer, since this is supposed to be his last year, it's really up to him. And I know that I think his mind's more on training, but I'd like to see him involved in one last storyline. You do, if you don't, I guess, want to put the AEW title on him, which, you know, I think if you did that, people would fucking love it. But. You have Ring of Honor, and that could be an awesome concept. If he goes to WWE, do some good stuff with him too. You know, I just this guy is one of the last wrestlers from his generation, and he puts in more work in the ring than anyone of his age that that can go still. Like I love Stinger, and he's doing some crazy stuff, and he's probably got some miles on his body, but Dustin puts on fucking matches. Like it's pretty impressive. You know what I'm saying? Like it's he. Chris. Yeah. So I mean, he came out and said this is his last year in wrestling, right? Yep. And Steen kind of said the same thing. So if he's not gonna do something with Cody and WWE, do they do a Sting versus Dustin match? That's that's fine with me, man. I'd love that. Get it very very yeah. personal. I think that could be a really fun. Uh, fun match yeah there's lots of stuff to do with dustin i mean it would be nice to see to see him and cody kind of have some sort of brotherly match for a title or something or something in wwe when when he is done 
especially because Cody's about to be the fucking heavyweight champion over there. But, uh, hey, if, if he leaves, does that mean that he's tra- he's no longer training AEW <laughs> stars anymore? Yeah, I'm not sure. Because uh, there's a guy named Brian Myers out there. <laughs> there he's trained go. a lot of trained a lot of people on that roster that maybe should be the next guy if they're if he wants that job from Creator Pro. Very interesting things to uh, you know think about. Uh, before we leave, I want you guys to think about a um, something I thought of the other day. It's kind of a deep statement that horses are the number one animal that get farted on by humans. That's it. All right. Um, (laughs) Are they, or is it like just general, like dogs, dogs laying at the foot of the bed? I don't know, man. I mean, when you're sitting on a horse, there's nothing that you can really do about fart on them. So. All right. But like dogs, Let's say you have a dog that lays on the foot of the bed. You fart in your sleep, so you're just constantly farting on them downwind. Actually, other humans are probably the most animal that's been farted on. Because like, like, you're not riding a horse every day. I guess if you're like a rancher or something. Just taking a deep dive into this random thought you had. It was a very deep thought. It was, uh, you know. Um, Tony Khan tweeted to Ariel Hawani that he was a fraud for being on SmackDown last night. Huh. Why? He's just a fucking interview guy who gives a shit. Isn't he even, isn't he supposed to be more of an MMA guy anyways? Yeah. He's combat sports. Yeah. He openly says that he doesn't really follow modern wrestling. You're as legit a reporter as Tony Schiavone. Damn. What's that even mean? I'm like, Tony Schiavone's on your television product. No, I, I guess he was joking. Now that I'm reading it, he says, you're a fraud. You're as legitimate as Tony Schiavone when it comes to being a journalist. And there, I said, thanks for watching, old friend. Can't wait for our next chat. Also, don't listen to that snowman, Schiavone. You're a legend in my books. And then Tony said, good luck with your unbiased journalism. So I'm assuming they're joking around back and forth, but I don't know. But, uh. Ariel Hawani is a pretty damn good interviewer. Then, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. Horse farts and Tony was, Coke. What? It was weird because a lot of people like flipped the fuck out about that statement, like yesterday or whatever. Whenever he, whenever he posted it, and I was like, what the hell? I didn't even look up what he said. I was like, what the hell's? But like, why does it matter? Ariel Hawani is not considered like a uh, wrestling journalist, so I, I was kind of confused. I know that Tony Khan's been on his show a couple times. But I was like, what the fuck are we even talking about over here? I don't know, but uh, that's it. That's the show. I think we should get a applause from everyone. <laughs> wow. Two hours and 31 minutes, Chris. Doing good this week. Doing real good. All right. Well, uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, a lot of stuff about wrestling. Uh, enjoy Elimination Chamber or Battle of... I don't remember what the other one's called. The New Japan California show. Uh, enjoy both of those shows because I'm going to. And uh, Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people. Say what you got to say. Plug what you got to plug. Love who you want to love. 
you know. Goodbye, all the lovely people out there. If you want to talk to me, you can hit me at, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter, on Instagram and Facebook at Christopher.R.Patton. Uh, nothing really to plug. I hope everyone enjoys the wrestling tonight, whether it's uh, Battle at the Bay, I think, is a New Japan show, or Elimination Chamber. Hope you guys have a good weekend. Don't drink too much. Don't drive around drunk if you are drinking, and uh, enjoy the shit out of some wrestling. Go Devils. And you guys can find me at Danels42 on Twitter. I'm no longer on there, but I keep on forgetting when I do my plugs. God damn it. And Dane Alves on Facebook and Instagram. Hit me up. Let's talk about some wrestling. Uh, you guys have a good one. Look for a Dane Rants coming out soon to talk about the uh, trailer for The Flash, the trailer for, um, for Guardians of the Galaxy, and also uh, a spoiler-styled... Um, you know, review of Ant-Man the Wasp. Me and my brother are going to be doing that next week. So look for that at Geek Vibes. And uh, subscribe to us. Give us five-star rating. Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys have a great day or evening wherever you are. Let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. And as always, peace out. Mm-hmm.